This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk. Like, honestly, let's talk. About something we could all use more of. Sex. Great sex. Uh, now you can increase your performance and that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, which hopefully is often for you. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness. No buying your business. Um, and you don't need to leave the house. All right. Now, right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code GEEK. That's G-E-E-K. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code is G-E-E-K. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code G-E-E-K, geek, at bluechew.com. You won't regret it. Uh, welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Um... To everyone out there who's wondering why we don't do them as often, there's not enough news to really do Geek Vibes Live episodes every week. But when we do them, you know there's a lot of news that came out. And this episode is exactly that. It is jam-packed with an amazing panel and amazing news topics to break down this week. So let's start it off. I am your host, Jawan. I am joined by, like I said uh, a few seconds ago, my amazing panel. Starting off with Tia. What's going on, Tia? How's everyone doing tonight? Um, weather's getting better, and thank God it isn't cold out anymore. That's all I got to say for tonight. I, again, like I said be, uh, in our, in our uh, pre-show, I was born in the South, so I despise <laughs> summers. I prefer winters. Um, so wow. if I could, like, go into a hole, come back out around October, November, That'd be best for me. Um, but um, first time I started sweating like a few days ago, I was like, oh, nope, hate this. I hate this. Back inside. Uh, I didn't even know where it came from. I had an air conditioner on, and I was like, Why, where am I sweating from? Um, but it's gross. I despise it. Um, I love it. By the way, I, I, <laughs> this is probably going to be embarrassing to say on air. I, I asked my mom to play someone one of our episodes uh, cause they're into like the geek stuff or whatever. Um, and <laughs> my mom said, uh, her friend was like, I never heard when your, when your son came on, when did your, like, when was your son talking? And she was like, I think he hosts, I think he was talking to, you know, the, the whole way. And she was like, I thought that was a girl talking at the beginning. Okay. All right. She wants to play like that. Uh, that's some shade. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So apparently I don't have a masculine enough voice. So maybe I got to stop hosting. Maybe that's that. Maybe that's where it's at. 
Um, but no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to fight that lady. But anyway, uh, AJ, what's going on, AJ? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. We just finished our little podcast. Um, I'm excited. Shaman King is coming back. Thank the Lord for you anime fans. Um, Spider-Man, which we're going to talk about later on. I'm excited for all of that. So I'm good right now. I am really good. Yeah, AJ is on cloud nine right now. This is this is AJ. AJ's like, this has been a great 24-hour swing for me. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, and I'm um, sorry. And Spike yeah. Lee's new movie um, released, um, I think, yesterday or um, earlier today. So I'm going to watch that tomorrow, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I plan on checking that out. Um, I sent it to Tia, but I don't think I sent it to you, Dom. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has this uh, new oh, yeah. series or movie coming out. It's a movie. It's a movie um, yeah. that I think we should all get together and review. It looks super dope. Um, it's like uh, he's like a co-pilot, and like these terrorists are trying to get in. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's in like another language. Uh, I think it's like Russian or something like that. Is Art it? it is. Yeah, it was on my uh, on my June release list, and I remember I couldn't find a uh, a trailer that was in English. It was all in <laughs> Russian or something. <laughs> Dom, Dom secretly knows Russian, so he was watching <laughs> that in Russian. Would be dope. That, that would be dope. <laughs> Dom did just secretly let us know that he's that he's Russian. <laughs> Russian. <secret. laughs> Um, but hold on, I want to send it to you now, Dom, before I forget, because I'll definitely forget. Um, but yeah, so AJ, um, the five bloods, I'll definitely be checking out at some point. I have a few things I have to check out, but right now, my brain is trying to process, uh, what was that show, T, I told you I'm stuck on now? I just forgot the name of it. On Amazon Prime, zero, zero, zero? No, not yet. I'm sorry, I'll get to it, but not yet, Tia. The show on Netflix. Um, hold on. Oh, House of Cards. I'm stuck on. Oh, oh, you're still watching that? You're still watching that? What? It's six seasons. What did you guys think I get through through stuff? You can finish three seasons in four days tops. No, no, that is way too much to to cram in. Um, That's way too much Kevin Spacey. It's way too much in one setting. Way too much. And that show gets really weird. And it's like, it explains a lot about Kevin Spacey. So <laughs> it's just hard to process all of it at, at once. But um, all right, the mayor of Packerland. What's going on, Dom? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just want to tell everybody out there, I know we can't go to the theaters right now, but take a risk on some of these movies that are being released on, on demand because some, yeah. there's some really good movies. Mm-hmm. I just saw, uh, I, I saw um, an Instagram trailer for Irresistible, which is um, the John Stewart movie with Steve uh, Carell. And I was reading the comments and everyone was like, oh my God, they're pushing the agenda. I've seen the movie already. It's not what anybody thinks. I can't really say too much because there's an embargo till like the week of it coming out. But take a risk on some of these movies because a lot of these movies are worth it. I just watched um, The Short History of the Long Road, which comes on video on demand next Friday. And it's great. So take a, take a risk on some of these movies. I know it's a little pricey because you see the $20 or the $15 and you're at home. Invite some people over that you know you ain't going to get sick from, family or whatever. And watch a good movie, man. Watch Artemis yeah. Fowl. Great movie. Incredible <laughs> movie. 
All right, well, that's something I put on my list. No, I was joking. Don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Do not watch it. You're really good at sarcasm, AJ. I did not pick that up at all. Um, No, but Dom makes a great point, man. Um, Everyone's screaming they want movies, they want movies. Movies have been popping out left and right. Uh, No one's just really paying attention to them. Um, People, there are more movies than box office movies. Like, they It's not just Fast and Furious every day. Okay? Uh-huh. I love uh-huh. stuff to watch. There's other stuff to watch. Let's let's open our brains to other kinds of, of, of stuff. But um, definitely keep an eye out for uh, what Dom has been um, reviewing and, and take a look for when the, uh, the article drops. But definitely pay attention to these movies. I want to see that Russell Crowe movie where he got really fat and he's, and he's trying to like, kill the lady uh, on the road. I want to check that out so bad. Um, I, I wish we could get a screener for that, man. I want to see that so bad. That Russell Crowe, I'm here for it. Um, and last but definitely not least, um, definitely just dropped a new episode, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but they called this a movie. What's going on, Dan? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Yeah, we uh, we dropped a new, they called this a movie episode on Thursday, yesterday. And uh, Love on the Rush, pretty terrible. Don't, don't give that movie a chance. <laughs> there are definitely better movies. I just finished listening to you and Mark's breakdown of Justice League, which I keep trying to tell Juwan to listen to, but he can't stand any blasphemy at all about Batman, so he kind of like refuses. But as soon so as, as, so soon as I saw the like promo for your new one, I was like, what abomination movie is this this time? Yeah. There, we what blasphemy? We love Justice League. So I tried to tell I tried to tell Juwan that it felt more like a constructive criticism of how Batman was portrayed, but Juwan was just not having it at all. Nope. Are, you, are you telling me there's going to be four more hours of it? I can't wait. <laughs> Kanan, I just want you to know Dan is saying this, not me, Kanan. Not me saying this. This is Tia. This is AJ. Dom hasn't said nothing yet. Um, but I just wanted to be clear. Three of them. Um, I'm not very. I'm not looking forward to. I wish that movie would get delayed for a few more years. (laughs) It's been delayed for like five years already. Give it another five. And like, it's not long enough. It's not a a complete film. Like, the Snyder Cut doesn't exist, and they already proved that when they went on and on about how it's going to cost 20 to $30 million to finish. I'm like, so you did lie, Zach, by saying that the Snyder Cut exists. He made it sound like he literally had the wheels, you know, or whatever I forget they're called, in his home, and they were just ready to premiere. And it's like, no, you just lied to get... Your, to finish your movie, I, I'm not going to go on a rant. I'm sorry, but you know, we get you know to see Superman in a black suit. That's great. That's totally Damn. worth it. No, the Snyder <laughs> Cult is not going to cancel this episode before it even starts. Okay? Are they still going to have like? How are they going to fix the terrible CGI? Because if they're not going to give us mustache Henry Cavill. They're still going to have to, like, you know, do some CGI. So we're still going to have some terrible CGI. I thought they were redoing all of the CGI. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Because when you're asking for as much money as they're getting, you would assume it's to go towards 
majority of the CGI. Yeah. You would assume so. I don't know. I don't but know. I just, that, that, he's just taking that money so that he can go make his next movie. Honestly, I'm trying my best not to think about Justice League. It's out of my head. I don't have a full Justice League right now. I don't want to think about it. It's out of my brain. But Dan, a movie you definitely need to, to break down and completely bury and then keep digging is Ang Lee's Hulk. That movie needs to be completely doo-dooed on. And then I need like continuous runs to just pour all over that movie. So, fantastic for yet. We haven't done Fantastic Four yet, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. AJ, before I fist fight you, which, which one? one? Which one? All of them. No! <laughs> AJ, I will fist fight. Let's I'm getting into a corner with this one, man. I'm going fist fight you, AJ. Let's get the show started. All of the Fantastic Four are terrible. That's you are, you are a poor judge of movies. You That's do not talk true. poorly of Chris Evans' uh, Johnny Storm. Okay? Garbage. No! Garbage. No! I can't. Right. All right, so for anyone that's listening and not watching, clearly we lost AJ. There's somebody that is talking nonsense. So AJ is going for this episode, everybody. Sorry all the AJ fans out there. Anyway, all right, let's get into our topics. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start. Let me pull up my list here. All right, so I want to start off with... Um, Tia, you definitely could speak on this if you have anything to, to add to it. But I want to start with uh, AJ, me and you don't have to add anything else. We just did an entire podcast about it. <laughs> um, so I'll start with uh, – I actually start with you, Dan. Um, we got the, uh, the release of the new PS5 along with all uh, some of its uh, specific titles, the Spider-Man, um, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> your thoughts on <laughs> – the uh, the release of the PS5. Anything you want to say to it, and anything anything uh, about the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game? Uh, I'm not looking forward to dropping a stack on a new console. That that's going to be tough, but it's inevitable. Uh, yeah, I think the games that they released for it or they uh, they previewed are, I mean, those are some heavy hitters, man. You got Spider-Man, Miles Morales, that's going to be huge. Uh, Resident Evil 8, uh, I'm a big Resident Evil fan, so that looks great. Uh, the new Horizon game, I mean, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, what else? I, what else? Uh, Oddworld. A new yeah, Oddworld Hitman game. 3. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are just... Ratchet and Clank was another one. I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game, but these 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 graphics look stellar. And for the money that we're paying, they better be. That's, uh, that is true. It, it was an impressive it was an impressive display. I I was not disappointed. I'm excited for the 4K feature on the PlayStation 5. I didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm like I can't wait to play 4K movies. I'm excited. I do want to ask you, Dan, I want to get you, Tia, and Dom's opinion on this. How realistic you guys think this is? Me and AJ talked about this. Um, AJ was telling me how the PS5 has um, two different uh, versions, one that's download only and then one that's obviously for your disc. The download only one, I was saying how if Sony wants to be way ahead of the game, which some people already think they are, 
this is not a debate for that. But um, if they really want to be innovative, what they should implement is you could um, let you buy your game uh, from the download uh, download only system. You buy your game for $65, whatever. Let's say you beat it within three weeks, right? And there's no timetable for it, but you beat it within three weeks, a month, whatever. They should have a feature to where it says return. And you push the return button and you get, let's say if you paid $65, you get around $30, $35 back. And then it, it, un, it uninstalls your game. And the only way to replay it again is you have to buy it. But if you do it in that way, because think about how much GameStop rips you off. You'll pay like $65 and they'll be like, sir, I can only give you three quarters. What? It just came out yesterday. Sir, I'm, I'm sorry, it's the rules. Three quarters, that's it. Um, they literally give you three dollars for that. It's like one time the guy's like, sir, I can only give you a cigarette. What? It's like, that's all we can and no money. No money. Um, but I feel like if you do that, you incentivize people to where they don't feel as though um, buying a game is like buying a home. Like once you buy it, you're stuck with it kind of, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, right. And anytime you sell it, it's probably going to be less less than what you actually paid for it. Um, but at least in this in this instance, if you're paying 60 to 65 and you're getting about 30 to 35, which ultimately probably half of that, um, I think people would feel a little bit more comfortable with that. And if you're Sony, you protect yourself because if they want to play the game again, the only way to do that is to rebuy it. You can't just huh. re-download it. It uninstalls itself. So the save data is still there, but it un it uninstalls itself. So if you want to play it again, you got to spend another sixty-five dollars to uh to buy it again. Dan, how realistic do you think that is? It's a tough business model, right? I need to have to see how it affects Sony's bottom line and the developers' bottom line. I think mm -hmm. uh, because if I'm assuming I'm assuming it's coming out of Sony's pocket, right? Right. It would be it would legit be cuz like we know GameStop is the middleman, right? right? So we know GameStop usually is the one that takes the hits from uh returns, not necessarily right. Sony. It doesn't affect their bottom line. It's more so GameStop's. That's right. why they tell you they can't give you all your money back <laughs> because they're like we need this money. Sorry. Right. Um, so to me, the way I think it works is um, it wouldn't necessarily affect your bottom line, mainly because I think you'll get more people interested in keeping the games than actually returning it, um, especially because you're not getting back like 45 out of the 65 or 55 out of the 65. Because then everybody would play like four seconds ago. Eh, I don't want to return it. Um, right. But if you're getting half, or like AJ was saying, maybe a little less than half, um, it then kind of makes it like, is it really worth it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, and then I think you'll get more people inclined to keeping it than actually returning it. Do you think maybe you can get a credit towards another game? Like maybe like 10% off the next game if you return a game? Uh, so so you're, saying still, you're saying still keep the game and maybe get like... 10 to 15 percent off of a, a new purchase right so like if you go to return you know you buy the new resident evil and you play it uh for however long you're like oh you know what this isn't for me or i beat it i i don't need it anymore i'm gonna return it and they kind of give you almost like a store credit where all right you can use this towards purchasing another game i would say developers developers would 
I, I honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, I think developers would fight on both of our ideas. But for that, developers would push back because let's say you're a developer and the new Marvel game comes out. What if, let's say, 45 to 50 percent of people return a game right before yours comes out and they're all getting 10 to 15 percent off of that new release? That does affect your bottom line because no one's paying full price for it. They're paying 10 to 15 per, uh, percent off of it. It doesn't drastically affect it, but if enough people do it, it'll probably start affecting uh, some developers' pockets for their new releases. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say you can incentivize it, like, maybe 10 to 15% off of old games. Yeah. Um, and then for brand new games, you actually get your, your percentage back, uh, depending on how new it is. I don't know. It's not foolproof, Dan, and this is why me and you don't get paid to make these decisions. But I was just thinking about how um, if it's download only, once you get it and you're done, you can't say, all right, GameStop, here's my system delete the game and give me back my money for it. Like, they're going to say, sir, what? I can't do that. So, to me, that's the way you can incentivize it to where people don't feel locked in. In my opinion, I'd always rather have the hard copy of anything. Uh, I guess that's more old school, but, you know, whether it be comics or video games, I would much rather have that physical copy with me. So, uh, you know, yeah, maybe in five years I want to revisit uh, – you know, I want to revisit the Avengers game, or I want to revisit a fighting game, whatever. It's just, it's easier that way, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if your PlayStation becomes corrupt and you lose everything, I mean, you just, you, your entire catalog is gone. Yeah. At least with the physical copy, you could always re-download. That's true. No, that's completely true. Uh, I remember one of my biggest regrets was one, not holding on to my PlayStation two and two, not holding on to vice city. Um, that, that still to this day, I think is the greatest Grand Theft Auto game ever made. Um, I, I loved vice city, uh, dressed my guy up in a nice suit, driving in a, a Lamborghini or a, a nice motorcycle. And then when you could buy it, you could get a boat. I was just like, this is great. Most people were like, nah, San Andreas. I was like the loner in the corner, like, what about Vice City? And I was like, shut up. Um, but uh, no, I, I get you. To me, sometimes physical copies have a sentimental value. Um, and it's something that you can put on the shelf and 30 years from now go back to rather than it's like, I don't have the same system I had 30 years ago, so it's gone, <laughs> you know? Um, so I completely agree. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, Dom, I'll go to you next, man. How realistic do you think me and Dan's uh, model scheme or whatever? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Uh, how plausible do you think that is? And was there anything in the PS5 event that stood out to you? No, I think uh, what you guys are talking about is very – like, I feel like with Sony and with anything that is – you know, a little bit over fifty uh, percent um, online based. You have to like have a multitude of ideas to kind of bounce around because you know we we saw when Sony's been hacked before. So now, if you have you know a system to where everything's downloaded to the system, and then you get hacked, and then you know, what do you do? Is they gonna make a Sony 
cloud where you back your games up to a cloud if you get hacked and you still I don't mean you know what I mean there's there's so many things that um are not <laughs> oh well, actually I think what they'll do they'll come out with a PlayStation uh USB drive and you'll have to pay like a hundred dollars and it'll probably be like you know two hundred gigabytes and you'll be able to download your game to the to your USB drive. So if you do get hacked or something gets wiped, then you'll be able to, you know, back a backup hard drive. Um, but yeah, I think that um, a lot of those ideas are very plausible and need to be some because yeah, it does suck if you, I bought this game, you know, and then take it back to GameStop and they're like, oh, cool. So, uh, you know, you didn't like it? Uh, no, I just beat it in like a day. I thought it'd be harder, but you know. Okay, so yeah, here's your, your three bucks. Yeah, can you like, can you get me like three bucks and like a, a Funko Pop or something? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> dang, y'all already marked Funko. Tell me something. <laughs> but, they are ruthless, man. They're I like that. I like that. <laughs> but uh, no, like, I, I, I'm not a huge gamer, but this is a system that definitely makes me, you know, my 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 wallet to my backpack, jumping up and down, like, yo, go ahead and uh, put some money to the side. Because uh, some of these, like Dan was saying, with the graphics itself, it, it makes anybody want to just try. Even if you're not a game, you're like, I kind of want to see what that's about. And I think that's what's going to help them a little bit because you're going to, especially if they dropped it now or, or, or maybe a month from now with everybody being at home, oh, people are going to be like, oh, y'all got no stimulus check? Let me go ahead and get this PS5 because uh, I would definitely buy one. I want to speak to what you just said. That's what my fear is. Let's say it comes out in October. If the world is just now slowly starting to reopen, um, financially, we won't start to see any progression until next year, Um, which is why whoever's president next year, they're going to take credit for it, but it'll have nothing to do with them. Next year will be the greatest year financially in U.S. history because everyone will be like home I don't know what that is. I'm going to live outside. Um, so people will just be spending money just to spend money because they have it now. Everything's back to normal. It's Everyone will be like, it's been forever since I could do this, 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 and this. You'll see vacations at an all-time high. Um, so I'm kind of like, I thought it was weird that they felt comfortable. Uh, Xbox also like, nah, we're still going to drop this year. And everyone who couldn't work that's barely getting unemployment, they don't mind spending almost a thousand dollars on this system they're, they're, they're fine they can do it um i'm like i don't really think so and i'm curious how many parents are looking at their kids like you better not expect nothing for christmas this year <laughs> 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 like, like, yeah. like corona stole your christmas so, so you know. no and that's almost a, that's a good point too because if the, if it is like say there's you know you got a group of 10 people three of them get the system to where the other people can't afford it right now because of you know the rona i know people that you know back way back when when uh the ps3 came out they're working at walmart stocking the little trucks come in and they hard press for whatever reason and stuff disappears off them trucks you know what i mean so like, <laughs> if this thing is that big and you bring it out at a time where people can't afford it and it's not their fault they can't afford it you might see they disappear off these trucks. Like, so they might want to push it back to when people are more financially uh, stable. Like, to me, I never understand. Like, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it because it's around Christmas, but I never understood why major uh, systems don't drop around tax season. 
where people where people are more inclined to go. Yeah, no, I got it. I'll spend it. Um, but I guess they figure around Christmas time, you know, you'll save up or whatever. Uh, but to me, logically, I just release it around tax time where people. Oh, those really- are the two biggest um, seasons where people start to buy most of their stuff, even no, before right. Christmas. Even no, before you're Christmas, right. you have Thanksgiving for Black Friday. It, it's, it's it's a lot to think about when you're thinking about selling a product. I think Christmas is the easiest easiest solution for that. No, I mean you're not wrong, but what do majority of people do? They do layaway. I've seen yeah. people get their taxes and go to Aruba. <laughs> like so you're more inclined to be less stingy about your, your tax refund than you are about your yeah. everyday check that you're now having to save months on end just to be able to afford it around Christmas. Um, you know, and to me, it's like, you know how many fights are around Black Friday and Christmas and stuff? You know how easy it would be if someone just walked in GameStop after they got their taxes? Everybody just relax. Ain't nobody... Then, that would be the same for tax season, too, then. Yeah, then all they're not focused on Christmas or Black Friday. But here's, here's the thing, though. Happen. Here's the thing, though. There would be no sale. It would just be the flat rate. So there would be no need to start slitting throats and, and kicking babies like people usually do. Be, hey... It's six hundred dollars. That's it. There's no sale. There is no buy one Xbox, get a PS five for free. So I them think having that money. money. Them having that money is their sale, basically. Having that tax free, that God is bless. basically the sale. God bless. I went to one Black Friday where I saw a lady just a hundred percent push a child on the ground to get the uh the system that the kid had. And when I saw that I said, Nope, never again. I'll never do this again. Now if, she, if that lady didn't care enough about that kid, what would she have done if I had the system in my hand? <laughs> would she have gone John Wick on me or something? I said, Probably. No, People no. are killing, um, fighting over a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Not Chick-fil-A sandwich. Popeye. Popeye. What is it? If anyone's seen Undercover Brother, you understand why people were fighting over those chicken sandwiches. <laughs> they were doing something to those chicken sandwiches. Um, but all right, Tia, uh, I want to go to you before we, we move on. Was there anything that um, – oh, wait, before I go to you, Tia, I'm sorry. Dom, you didn't say anything about the games. Were there any games that stood out to you? Um, from I see, I didn't see a whole lot of the clip, uh, clips. I saw like just stills, and that was kind of enough. <laughs> so that Miles Morales looks fire, and the um, like like Dan was saying, the um, Resident Evil, Resident Evil, and yeah, uh, whatever. There was one like uh, it looked kind of like a God of the War type of game. I can't tell what it was. Um, and then like Assassin's Creed. I'm always down to do some covert neck breaking. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a few. Um, it's if it's oh, wasn't so expensive. Not the the system itself. That's gonna be worth it because it's gonna last a long time. But just dropping seventy on a game and then like it possibly not being good is very disheartening. <laughs> Um, which I guess is, you know, helps with YouTube. You watch somebody playing the game, and you're like, oh, this game's trash. I don't got to buy it. So I probably, when a game drops, I'll probably wait like a month, let some gameplay, you know, come out on YouTube, and then make my decision on whether or not I want to buy it. But there's a couple that are no-brainers. Spider-Man, Resident Evil, those are no-brainers. Yeah, I'm not getting either, either system 
for about three or four months after it comes out. Let all the bugs trickle out, yeah. all the issues trickle out. Because um, what you're not going to do is have me spend, what, five, $600, and you try and tell me, hey, you know, just be patient, everyone. We got a few bugs to sort <laughs> it out. It overheats and blows up. Right, a few <laughs> bugs. Now, where, where was this bug information when I dropped $600? Like, no one told me about bugs when I dropped $600. Where, but you know what I want to know, though? With all the uh, the pandemic going on, how are these being produced? I don't I don't know how many they already have made, but like it's kind of somebody is like having to put their life at risk so we can play some. Video. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they do it like a couple years in advance. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. That, yeah, yeah, they do have to like test it out. So, Dom's you know. Dom's just picturing people in hazmat suits. I can't get that out of my head now. I'm just picturing them walking around in these huge hazmat suits. Um, Tia, uh, was there anything that stood out to you with this uh, PS5 release? Honestly, I don't know anything really about the PS5 release. I saw pictures of what it looked like, and I showed my boyfriend. I was like, look, um, you know, I I always say I'm not a gamer, and I have, I feel like I should – you know, put a disclaimer, that's not because I'm a girl, you know, and it's just that, because there's plenty of girls out there who are gamers, it's just, to me, like, I love the PS2, right, I grew up on that, I was like a couch potato constantly doing that, but it's like, you know, once the PS3 came out, it was like $300, I was like, that's insane, and so the fact that you're saying that the PS5 is like $600, to me, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I know that some people can, but I think that's why I stopped getting into gaming was the cost. And also, I was much more of a racing fan as opposed to like this first-person shooter that people have kind of switched over to. And Juwan also kind of yelled at me because I told him that my Xbox One was primarily being used to watch Netflix on. So I don't... I didn't say that casually. Like, I didn't have a reason to be upset. And it doesn't work anymore because when I bought it, I bought it refurbished for $150. So, uh, uh, but our PS4, my boyfriend plays a lot for No Man's Sky. So I'm sure at some point the PS5 will make its way into our household. It's, I'm probably going to wait a few years for it to like drop in cost. But I look forward to hearing what you guys think about it because it does look really nice. It does look very nice so far. But Day one. Day one. Do you that I have a question for you. Do you think they will change that look? Because if you look at things like say the PS two had the PS two slim and then the regular and then um PS I think three had different versions and even the Xbox three sixty had different versions of what it looked like. So do you guys think that in the long run the PS five will continue looking like that or eventually they're going to change the uh the design? No, they'll change it. They'll, they'll definitely change it because what I feel as though they do is systems, like we have to wait for a new system like as long as we've been waiting for a new Grand Theft Auto. Um, like it's almost, feels like almost every decade is when you get a new system. Every six um, years, basically. Six, so seven years. in between that, I'm sure when they first created the PS5, I'm sure they created alternate looks that between now and let's say five, six years from now, they'll have something else. Uh, I also have um, 
another question. I forget if it was PlayStation or if it was Xbox, but didn't one of the companies say that once they release their new one, that's it? They're not going to continue in the console game, or is that something that was like completely like fabricated? Well, I'll say this: if that is true, I still believe that's fabricated. Um, yeah. because all it takes is like, let's say, if PlayStation said that. All it takes is six to seven years from now, Xbox dropping a new Xbox and it being innovative or whatever. It, it just takes that for PlayStation to go, mm, we're back. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just left, but, you know, we, we, we got to put Xbox in their place real quick. So we're going to just create one more and then hopefully that puts them out of the water. So it, it, it's a continuous uh, rivalry that will last forever. Uh, the only way I could picture them not making any more consoles is if what they do with these new versions is like the peak of where technology is for like maybe the next 10, 20 years. Uh, but I don't see that. Technology is oh, so always fast. evolving. It grows yeah, so fast. So I, 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 will I, argue, I doubt it. I will argue maybe with the PS4, they might not change the look, like the overall look of it, because we are getting two editions of it. We're getting the yeah. uh, digital edition which you don't have the um disc reader and then you have the one with the disc reader and you can put on the side or make it horizontal and all of that so the overall look like the physical design of it i don't think will change at all but you can have skins or bundles like we were talking about um boss logic i think he did one um yeah spider-man so we'll probably have like different skins for the PS5, but I don't think the cha- the look of it will change. Now Xbox um, Series X, I think they will have um, an overall um, change in design within like four or five years. Um, and I also wanted to comment on what Dom was saying because I thought that he was uh, bringing up a lot of like really good points just in case, you know, like what are you going to do with your PlayStation if something kind of goes wrong with it. Um, I like the USB uh, idea, but it reminds me of, again, because I was such a big fan of the PS2. Remember when they had the little things that you had to insert into the PS2 and you could put all your games on that like something like that is that what you like kind of meant Dom yeah because yeah, I feel like there has to be some kind of portable plug and play aspect if you want to do all digital that way you could yeah. take it to someone else's house and plug it in and kind of you know have your console on their console until you you know leave and whatnot but it's yeah, basically it's the same thing okay. all right Let's uh let's move on. Um now that we got that done. I want to I want to get angry now and get it out of my system so we can have an enjoyable <laughs> show for the rest of the show. I want to talk about Batwoman creating a new character um oh, to replace Ruby Rose's Cat Kane. Just let me get it out of my system and then we can move forward. I've been holding this uh I've been yelling <laughs> at Joel. He's like, "Why are you so mad at me?" I'm like, "You just you you have to receive it because I can't give it to them." Um, so there's, there's a report that they're, um, instead of recasting Kate Kane, which is Batwoman, uh, Batwoman's character, they're going to create a new character and have that character become Batwoman. And apparently the backstory is Scarecrow kills her parents or her dad, and that's what launches her to become Batwoman. 
Um, the original report was Kate Kane would die. Then the showrunner came out and said, nah, she's not going to die. We just don't want to disrespect the legacy Ruby Rose built um, in half of the season, might I add, because Corona stopped the, the uh, whole finish of the season. Um, we don't want to mess up the legacy she built. So a new report came out and said Kate Kane will disappear. Quite like we know, if you watch the show, quite like we know Bruce Wayne did, um, which leaves the door open for her to come back. I have already told Joelle, if any of this is true, and they're not just recasting Kate Kane, they lost me. I have no interest in watching this show anymore. None. That is the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. I told Joelle that would be like, and he said it's not comparable, but I'm like, it really is. That'd be like if they were like, well, Ben's out as Batman. There's no replacing that. We're just going to go have Robin be the new Batman. Dick Grayson's our new Batman. What? No, what? screw Ben. Give me Batman back. Like, give me Bruce Wayne. I, I don't care that he's gone. This is just heartbreaking because I was one of the main ones um, celebrating how amazing I thought season one of Batwoman was. I thought Ruby did a great job. I thought it was a great cast. I thought it was a great villain that you were setting up to be her version of Joker. Um, I loved everything about it. As soon as I heard Ruby Rose left, I said, all right. I don't like it, but okay. And then I'm like, all right, you'll just recast her. Hopefully the girl from um, Krypton, Wallace Day, she'd be a perfect Batwoman. Um, my fingers are crossed for that. And then to hear that they're talking about just creating a whole new character, that is the largest spit in the face that you could offer a fan base that was rallying behind this show. Um, and the thing that made Ruby Rose's uh, casting so special is that she is actually um, uh, lesbian quite like Kate Kane. The lady that they're rumoring is going to be replacing Ruby Rose is not lesbian whatsoever. She actually just got married to a guy like I think a few months ago. Um, so I'm like the representation is now even gone. Um, so I don't know. I hate a lot about it. hate everything about it. Won't be watching it next season. I will only be turning the uh, CW to watch Flash, and that's a maybe at that. Um, so I might <laughs> – Joel said <laughs> I'm going to end up joining AJ's hating CW <laughs> club, and I might. I just might uh, see if I can get my, my fan club card uh, from AJ from his haters club and join it. I might be joining it next season. But, um, Tia, I want to start with you. Um, I don't know if you watched that woman at all. Um, if you did or you didn't, does do you feel as though one season as a character could be considered a legacy enough for you to not want to recast it, but to completely recreate a new character? So first of all, um, it's funny can if I can like also kind of join the CW like hate on the club because they have burned me with you know I was a big fan of I Zombie and then they like ended it shortly but they kept on with all these other stupid shows forever. Um, I used to like The Flash. I don't know if we're going to talk about other Flash news later in this, so I'll reserve any comments in case we uh, talk about that because. If you're a fan of The Flash, John, you know that someone got fired from it recently. <laughs> but as far as Ruby Rose, yeah. So um, before I answer your question, to me, it's actually, uh, all right, I'm going to answer your question. It's ridiculous. The whole, I have not watched Batwoman. I 
was planning to eventually, but I just didn't get around to it. I think that it's crazy to say that you don't want to disrespect her legacy. It's one season. I actually wrote an article um, about like, this wouldn't, if they did it right, this wouldn't be the end all for them. Spartacus, you know, lost their uh, lead actor and they got someone else to play him. And as far as I know, I knew people who were fans. Yeah, I was going to say, I have friends who are fans of it and, you know, they got over it quite quickly. And you could have done the same thing with Batwoman. When I first heard that they were going to... First of all, your example, Juwan, at least if they brought in Dick Grayson, he would have already been an established character to play Batman, but they're not even bringing in an established character in the DC universe. They're just making one up, which is so lazy and not even... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just want to add something really quickly. Me and Joel said this. We said, if you're getting rid of Batwoman, right, mm-hmm. wouldn't you logically go the best replacement for Batwoman would be Batgirl? I thought that. about that. I thought about that. At least you can still have someone in the Bat family, right? Right. When I heard that they were going to make an entirely new character up, I didn't read the article first. I just saw the headline, then I read the article. But at first I was like, are they not even going to make the main character gay? Because then that would be really like such a huge spit in the face. But I think they did say that they are going to make the character gay. But still, if it's like they had such an opportunity with Batwoman to have really big representation. That is huge to have on the CW, a, you know, lesbian led uh, superhero show played by an actual freaking lesbian. Um, and then for you to just say, now we're going to completely make up a new character makes no sense to me whatsoever. You just can recast and move on with your life. It's, I think a lot easier to simply recast and have the whole cast around, just assume, you know, not even make a big deal out of it as opposed to now introducing a new character. You know what this is guys? It's, Two and a half men all together. I was thinking it doesn't remind you. It's like instead of like A having recasted Charlie Sheen or ending the show, it's like they were like, let's just get Ashton Kutcher. And it was like the most awful two or three seasons ever. And this is what they're doing now with Batwoman. They expect us to actually care that they're making up a new character comic book fans aren't going to like this. They're not going to sit there and want to watch a whole entire show about someone who is completely up. It's just, I dislike it very much. And it puts me off of Batwoman. It puts me off of really ever wanting to go and really watching the first season. And I want, I want, I want to know if you and Dom remember this. You guys remember when we were breaking down her leaving? Remember how I said there's more to this? Like, she's yeah. full of it. it's not just the scheduling and no, and she and she came out with something on Instagram saying those who know know, right? And it's like okay, something right. happened. A lot of people like to chalk up a lot of what I say is oh he's just really crazy, and usually you're right. Um, but to me, I I could smell BS from a mile away, and the yeah. fact that she was so excited to be Batwoman. Um, something was happening behind the scenes that obviously she just didn't agree with. Um, because you're not going to tell me that you didn't know you had to shoot long nights. What, what, what is that? 
that's like that's like becoming a doctor and going, oh wait, wait, you want me to perform surgery? Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to do that. What, oh, what are you were gonna do? I thought I would just walk in the room and say you're sick or you're not sick. What? Why would you think that <laughs> you're gonna do? So to me, I, I knew something was fishy about it. I didn't know what specifically. I still don't, but I knew something was off about that. Um, and this is just very unfortunate. Like I'm, I was. And what's crazy is, Tia, before this news came out, I was actually on HBO Max re-watching season one because I just, I loved it so much. And then when I heard this, I said, nope. I even took it out of my, my list of, of favorites. I said, nope, don't even remind me that it's on here. Get rid wow. of it. Wow. I want to see it. Get rid of it. Um, Dom, I'll go to you next, man. What, what are your thoughts on this, man? A whole new character? Come on, Dom. <laughs> it seems very... Um... It seems kind of lazy. It just seems like it almost it almost seems like this was the plan all along, and there was maybe some kind of conspiring against her, and that is what forced her to leave on her own terms uh, because she had heard or caught wind of what was going on, and this was the the, the turn the whole time. It just it doesn't it just it just it doesn't hit the ear right. Even just reading it, like wow, what like. The whole show is about this person, right? And then you're like, problem. "Nah, we'll just put in somebody. It don't matter. We'll just we'll put a cape on them and you know put a bat there. It's, it's it is what it is. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It, it's very and I didn't watch the show, but like it felt like like two and a half men, same thing. Like you know, oh Charlie Shane, and then like he got hit by a train. What? Out of all the things y'all could have done, you like he got hit by a train. What the hell? Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I the, well, I think if we don't hear, you know, the news before the new season, we'll know depending on how they make her disappear or die or something, whether or not it was uh, more of a conspiring thing or just they part of ways. If they do her dirty and ride her off in some weird way, like she Batwoman falls off a building to her death. I'm like, what? She's Batwoman. I, she fall to her death. Um, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Even the showrunners, uh, the showrunners' response to the the news, she was even saying how they were tossing around just recasting and Greg Berlanti was like, Nah, don't even recast. Just whole new character. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Because if there's one producer I value more than any uh, TV producer, it's Greg Berlanti. The guy's been behind so many. I didn't even know Greg Berlanti was an executive producer on the show You on Netflix. He's just behind. Really? Yeah, Greg Berlanti has his name on so many great wow. things we would have never known. So I'm like, Greg Berlanti is someone I look up to, and I just I value what he does because he has his name on so many great things you would have never guessed greg berlanti did so i'm looking at it and i'm kind of just like a whole new character what like come on that, like, you know like I'm does sorry. that mean they're gonna scrap everything are they gonna scrap the whole first season essentially i don't know what the story arc was but no, i would assume there's some there's a way could, there's a way you could do it and not have to scrap the first season there is a way you can do it they could do it and it would work. My issue isn't about it working or not. It could easily work. My problem is that um, 
it's not Kate Kane. You you gave me a whole season one about Kate Kane. I'm invested now, and now there's no Kate Kane. What do I care? Like, Kate Kane was the cousin of Bruce Wayne, and you're now starting to implement the idea of Bruce Wayne possibly popping in. Now that means nothing because his cousin's gone. So I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's why I said, and and, and Tia, you, you were alluding to this, Barbara Gordon makes perfect sense. Because Barbara Gordon would be somebody Bruce Wayne would have trusted before he left. Um, Lucius would have known Barbara. Therefore, Lucius's son would have known Barbara. So if Barbara pops up in the Batcave, it's not like we got to wait now six episodes for his character to be comfortable with her being in the Batcave. You know, it's more so just like, oh, I know you. This is more so of like Bruce would have trusted you to take over for Kate. You know, and it's not even somebody... Like, I guess it would have been fine if you were building a character throughout season one that Kate Kane really trusted that was maybe a little younger than than her, that you made, like, a Robin version of Batwoman. Um, so it's kind of like, while I'm gone, you'll be protecting this. It's not even like that. It's more so just like, we didn't know she was leaving, so we're just going to make something up. And the flow is going to be completely different because according to the reports, the character is going to be the complete opposite of Kate which also to me sounds like they just needed to have something so different than what they got because it's such bad blood between everyone that they have to have someone that's completely different than Ruby Rose's Kate. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Kate, because you have like, you know, in comic books, you have so many certain characters that are played by certain, like, you know, a group of people you know, like there's been, there's a few Captain Americas, there's a few blah, 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 you know, there's been a few Robins, but Kate Kane is the only Batwoman, so they can't, you know, so it's just stupid. <laughs> is she going to, like, don the, the red wig again? Like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't like when the CW forced down my throat three to four different versions of Black Canary and didn't get any of them correct. Um, it's just like, <laughs> At some point, you, you, you got to either shit or get off the pot. And to me, if Ruby Rose wasn't coming back and you won't recast her, just cancel the show. I have no more yeah. interest in it. I have no more interest in it. Uh, but, Dan, uh, w- what are your thoughts, man? Did you give Batwoman's uh, season one a, sh- a shot? Uh, I haven't watched it. No, I, I haven't watched the Batwoman series. But I agree with Dom where it just seems lazy. Uh, you... You have a lot of people who are a comic fans who are invested in her story from the comics. Now you have other people who are invested just from watching the show, and you're just wiping that away. It seems like that's not that's not fair to the audience. Uh, you can't have us. You can't bring people in and and have an interesting character just wiped away because you're. You're getting rid of that story, essentially. It's, it's gone. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, I, I've been watching Community on Netflix, just kind of like binging it in the background. Me too. And, yeah, and I mean, I haven't seen it in forever, so I've been watching it. And there's so many good characters in that show. When uh, Donald Glover decides to leave, you know, that would be like, oh, you know, we're just going to create a whole new character to take place to take Donald Glover's place like well you can't do that because he's he's so he was meshed into the fabric of that show and that's what 
this character is to Batwoman. She's she is the show. You can't have a Batwoman show without Kane. So uh, it's again I have I'm not that interested in the show to be to be fair, but I don't making a new character is so hit or miss. Uh, like you're you're really playing with fire right there because you can make a character that absolutely nobody agrees with and it's you're just gonna tank or you know maybe people will love the character who knows but i'm willing to bet more people are not going to enjoy this brand new character than they will like it yeah and i'm glad you found the community point i never watched it i've never seen community um so i i binge watched it maybe a few weeks ago and i remember when you got to when troy was leaving uh, when i got up to that episode i googled it to see if like maybe he he comes back or something and when they were like no he's gone i didn't even finish the rest of the series i had no interest um like i think i maybe watched the, the very next episode after he was gone and not hearing Troy and Abed in the morning, not hearing that, <laughs> and knowing that I wouldn't hear it again, I was like, nah, I'm not, not really interested. I'm not really interested. Um, but we see it so often done. I don't know if any of you watched the show New Girl, when Damon Wayans Jr., mm. uh, who played Coach, he was only in that first episode, and then they brought in another black dude. And I was like, wait, did they recast Coach? But no, it was a whole new character, but they didn't, like – Coach wasn't gone. He just wanted to go do another show, and then he came back later on in the series. Um, so, sure, could that happen? Yeah, but then at that point, if I become invested in this new character, and now it's like, all right, well, K. Kane's back now for good. N no, no, no. <laughs> no. They, they even did that, they did that with Game of Thrones. Uh, Dario Naharis. They, they had uh, the one guy playing for an episode or two. And then they totally recasted him, which and it wound up working the show's benefit. Right. Uh, but can Wait. you imagine they, they introduced this guy and he's now uh, Daenerys' love interest and then they completely get rid of him and bring someone else in and are like, well, wait a minute, that where did that come from? Why? What happened to the other guy? Exactly. And it, you it, never know. That's the problem. You never know. Right, yeah. It's very a few episodes. He was in a few episodes, actually, um, before the new guy came in and stuff. That was very weird. I remember when that happened. But then again, they had three mountains. That's true, yeah. That true. Yeah, I mean, but... But the to thing be... is, they always kept those characters. They never yeah. got rid of them and, like, oh, now this is the, the Hound's brother. Like, oh, what? But see, what where you can get away with that in Game of Thrones is the focus is on so many different characters. There is not one focus. Uh, in that entire show. Everyone's a focus. In Batwoman, the show's called Batwoman, which right. means that's your focus. So if you're telling me, oh, no, the Batwoman you saw last year, nah, we, we got a whole new girl. Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? It takes away from the whole purpose of what you just set up. So no interest for me. But AJ, you know as well as I do, there are so many female characters in the Batman world you could have used. Why create a whole new character? The spoiler out there, AJ. We could have had spoiler, man. Why would you just create an all-new character to be Batwoman when there's so many other female characters you could have used? Hell, AJ, I would have taken Katana. I would have taken you calling the show Katana now. 
rather than you creating a whole new character just to excuse you still having that show on air. But what are your thoughts, AJ? I'm just going to make this short and simple. Just cancel the whole Arrowverse. Please and thank oh, you. Oh, no. See, you go too far. <laughs> thank you. you go look, too look, far, AJ. Le- listen, listen, listen. Cancel the Arrowverse. Focus all those characters going to HBO Max. That way we can actually get quality um, shows that don't repeat the same um, the same topic over and over again after every other season. I, I'm just over the Arrowverse as is. Um, I never cared about the Batwoman show because I already knew it was going to be bad. And I watched the first two episodes and I thought they were bad. Um, so... I, I just don't like it. So I, I don't really care about this news. Um, it's whatever. That wasn't even objective, AJ. You said you knew the show was going to be bad and then watched the first two. And it was bad. And it was bad. I tried. You were thinking it, it was going to be bad. I gave it a chance. I gave it a chance. And it was still bad. All right. So clearly we lost AJ again. Uh, <laughs> he lost his connection. He's no longer versus show. Terrible. But okay. AJ, I swear, it's like you and maybe two other people that feel that. Now, to be fair... No, we're right. (laughs) No, you're not right. Arrow was fine. It ended a season maybe... Arrow got bad after the third season. Flash got bad after the third season. I would would then argue you didn't watch Arrow after uh, those two middle seasons because when it came back with Prometheus is when it started to catch... Catch, uh, Regardless, catch there's too much filler in all these shows. Too many fillers. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. I, I can't, my, my brain doesn't, just keep doing fillers and fillers and fillers. No, I can't do that. Can't. No, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, me and Joel have been saying it for the longest. These shows should only be about 13 episodes. You making them 22 every year means there's a good, there's a good point between when it first airs in October and when it ends in May. There's a good month I could just not watch it and come back and I didn't miss anything. Like, I legit missed nothing. Like, I left in in, in November with Barry and, Ar- and Iris arguing. I come back in January. They're still arguing. I didn't really miss anything. I, I didn't really miss anything. Nothing uh, progresses in these shows. It's very, <laughs> they it's progress very and then they degress. It's very much <laughs> what, what is like, that? It's very much run like a soap opera. I won't disagree with it. <laughs> Um, it's very much a comic book superhero, uh, superhero station, but whatever, whatever. My point being stupid, it's stupid. All right, let's move on. Um, I, I, I got myself angry. I thought that would help. (laughs) AJ just made me angry. All right, let's move on. Um, all right. So we got a report. Um, this is rumor. This is not a a legit report that is factually based. It's a uh, rumor that Matt Reeves' Batman will make uh, his own version of Joker for Batman, uh, the Batman sequel and uh, possible third and final movie of its trilogy. Um, this news is pretty cool. Um, I know a lot of people for some strange reason, very weird reason, wanted Excuse me. Um, this Batman to connect to the Joker solo. I don't really get why he was ten there. Maybe not even. Maybe eight. So I'm like, you want your Joker to be like eighty and your Batman to be what? Just turned thirty. That's what you. That that's a dynamic you think would be cool to look at. All right. Um, 
honestly, I would love uh, Remy Malik to be Robert Pattinson's Joker. He's if you guys ever seen an interview with him, he's just naturally weird and creepy. Um, and that's not to take a shot at you, Remy. That's just that's your personality, and I, I love it. It's just very Joker esque. Like if someone came out tomorrow and was like, "No, Remy just killed like six people in the hospital," I'd be like, "No, I I believe." It. <laughs> Remy Malik, the guy that played Freddie Mercury, yeah, no, no. Have you seen his face? I believe it. I believe that. Um, so, but to me. Uh, I'm completely fine with them adapting a new Joker. Uh, I'm okay with saying goodbye to Jared Leto's Joker as much as it will pain me. Um, and I'm completely okay with never seeing uh, Phoenix's Joker again. I'm completely okay with those two scenarios. Made my peace with it. Saw Suicide Squad again. Um, cried a little bit and then got over it. Um, the Joker solo is way too emotional to, to watch again. I'll probably never go back to that movie. Um, but, um, yeah, creating a whole new Joker, I tell people all the time, if you've ever read Batman comics, there's the Joker is never Multiple. the same. Uh, there's just so many different uh, versions of Joker. So, to me, I would personally love the Joker from Endgame uh, that could remove his skin from his face. I would love that kind of Joker. Uh, that Joker was very psychotic. Um, so I would prefer that for the next Joker, especially if Reeves is building such a dark world, uh, with what he's doing. Give me that Joker in a heartbeat. Um, just seeing how that would play out with him taking his flesh and stapling it to his face. I'm getting chills. I love it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm completely fine with this. Uh, the rumor did not say whether or not he would be a main villain. Uh, or if he would be more par for the course um, in, in the movie, just showing a whole bunch of villains. Uh, but, Dan, I want to start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts, man, on the idea of Matt Reeves introducing his own version of Joker? Is there a Joker you would like to see him use, or is it more so just like, I trust Reeves, whatever he does, he does? I'm all jokered out right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not... I'm not in any rush to get a new Joker, but if it's going to be in the third movie, and that's going to be quite a while from here, um, that's fine, I guess. I don't know. I, I I agree with Tia. We were talking about it before the recording. You know, just give me someone else. You know, he's got such a in-depth rogue gallery, and we've only really scratched the surface on it. Uh, give me a good scarecrow. Give me Scarecrow. I think he, if you're trying to be gritty, go psychological. You know, I think we didn't, we didn't really do the Scarecrow justice with Nolan. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I, you can't go Clayface. He's too, I don't think he's very backgrounded enough. He's Two face, yeah. Give me a good two face, and we haven't had a good two face yet. Uh, it's obviously the Joker's so iconic, and and but how many times can you play? Like, I think the bar is getting set higher and higher for the Joker. Uh, not looking at you, Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> not you. Um, yeah, I mean. You have three outstanding performances of this character. Did he leave? Oh, no, there he is. Okay. That's a long I, like, I don't think he offended him that much. 
<laughs> no, uh, you, you have three iconic performances. You have Nicholson, Ledger, and Phoenix. Um, you keep pushing the, the envelope, I think, and we see what happens when someone turns in a less than stellar performance, you know, you get crucified for it. But give me someone, give me someone better. I mean, why can't he fight Deathstroke? Right? I mean, wouldn't that be more appealing? Joan, the look on your face is so pissed off right now. I feel like you could literally like jump across the screen and like hurt Dan. I'm actually like worried for him. <laughs> Sorry, I I well, can't. No, I mean, let, let me be let me be clear on this. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. T is not wrong. My dad was very wrong, but T is not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, he has an amazing rogue gallery, but to me, there is never like. Everyone has this mindset that we have to get out of, of multiple villains at once doesn't work. It does work. Problem is, the one time it was, I'm sorry, the two times it was glorified, um, or, or, or amplified rather, um, were by two horribly done movies. Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, they were just badly, there were bad movies. It could have had one villain, and that still would have been a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the villains didn't really change anything. And what I think people keep forgetting is this current Batman movie that's being filmed now has more than one villain. Um, so you could do that. You could have Joker in the background, but still a villain, just not the main villain. Um, I'll never say I don't want Batman versus Deathstroke. That's the main reason why... In the back of my heart, not my head. My head is completely clear. In the back of my heart, I'm holding out for Ben to just call up AT&T one day and just go, you know what? I'll do that movie for you guys. I'll do it, and I'll have me versus Deathstroke. Me versus Joe Manganiello. Um, part of me will always want that. But um, you're right. There's Bane. There's Mr. Freeze. There's Killer Croc. There's um, Man Bat. There's uh, Azriel that you could use as a villain turn um, turn uh, ally. Um, there's just there's so many. I mean, you could even go comical. You can go Condiment King. You can go Kite Man. Uh, there's just so. <laughs> I was just going with the uh, ventriloquist. You know, you the have... ventriloquist. Absolutely, do a gangster movie. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, you have a gangster uh, movie. There's so many different ways you go, but uh, as I was, me and Joel were, were talking to each other. I would never, one, the reason why I won't say I could ever necessarily be jokered out is because it's like, picture if someone, if, if you're playing Uno with somebody, right, and they take all the draw four cards out. That's your trump card. That's the one card you look forward to every Uno game. And you would never want to limit someone's hand. So if every director that directs a Batman movie wants to use the Joker, I don't blame them. It, it's the best character to use. And everyone feels as though they could do a better version than the last or a different version than the last. So to me, if you if Matt Reeves thinks he can do something innovative with the Joker, um, by all means, do it. I mean, we just saw Todd Phillips completely uh, drastically change how we know Joker to be. Ledger went more um, anarchy than chaos. Uh, Jack Nicholson's was more mobster than anything. Jared Leto is modern-day douchebag. 
Um, so I'm like, <laughs> everyone found a, a unique way to create their Joker. So to me, by all means, you want to use Joker? Let's see what Matt Reeves can do. Um, but I'll never disagree with you guys that I want to see Mr. Freeze. I want to see a racially accurate Bane. I would love that. Thank you. Please. Thank please, you. Please. And have him go from somewhat brolic to very massive. You could do that. And I, again, it's a comic book movie. I don't need you to find a more realistic way to do Bane. Do Bane the way the comics do Bane. That's all we want. That's all we ask for. That's all we ask for. Um, but no, I, I want to make sure I'm very clear on that, Dan and Tia. Neither one of you guys are wrong. I completely agree. I'm just saying I will never be mad if we have a Batman movie every 10 years and each one wants to use the Joker. I will gladly with open arms welcome it. Um, but if they tell me there'll be no Joker, I think it's a mistake, but I'm open to seeing who they use completely. I mean, I personally want Court of the Owls. I... I will die if Matt Reeves does not give me a quarter of the owls. Um, we just saw it in Batwoman. You could also do um, uh, Hush. I would love Hush. I would love quarter of the owls. Like, there's just so many different storylines you can use. But to me, I would never take the Joker out of someone's uh, someone's ability to to be creative because that is the biggest character to Batman. So you would always want to use um, So that's how I view it. That's how I view it. But uh, Tia, I'll go to you next. Your thoughts on the report of us possibly getting Joker. Uh, and then your thoughts, uh, if you wanted to elaborate on how you feel about Joker being overused. Um, first of all, I want to thank Dan for agreeing with me. Although as a Killian Murphy fan and someone who actually enjoyed Aaron Eckhart's portrayal of Two-Face. It hurt me a little that you said we haven't had a good Scarecrow or Two-Face, but that's okay. Um, you know, we talked about this a little. We've had a lot of Jokers. Um, Juwan named most of them, but we had Cesar Romero, um, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, Ta uh, Ta well, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Cameron Montague. I forget how I say his last name. So, you know, you've had a lot of different Jokers, and it seems like, and now it seems like as if that is how you promote your Batman almost, although, you know, I, I know that I'm going to get attacked for that, saying Batman is, um, you know, uh, enough to draw crowds in. But with these superhero movies and these comic book movies, it's the villains that really, I think, get you excited, at least for me. And the Joker is a way of being like, okay, come on, guys, especially in this error, not error, in this moment that we're in where the Snyder Cut is so being revisited and people are becoming so enticed by now this new version of the Justice League and, you know, people reminiscing about Ben Affleck as Batman and Zack Snyder's vision for Batman that it almost seems like a ploy to be like remember Matt Reeves is still doing his version of Batman guess what we're going to have Joker in it and you know a Joker that's much better than the Jared Leto version and different than the Joaquin Phoenix Joker and it's like let's just concentrate on the other um, villains that Batman has. I mean, Joan just named off like 20 of them. He has so many other villains that I think we should introduce to the world, introduce to those who aren't of 
big as comic book fans and they just like to watch the movies, I would just am more interested in that. I don't really necessarily want to hear about Joker right now. Let it breathe. It used to be one of those things where when someone was announced playing Joker, it was like this huge thing, like, oh my God, someone's stepping into this role of this very complex character. Now it's just kind of like, eh, anyone is going to be able to play Joker. Who cares? But to me, I just, and it also feels Nolan-ish, honestly. You're, I was mentioning this beforehand. You're going to have the first movie um, with different villains, and you're going to tease him or introduce him in the first movie, and then you're going to have him, what, as a main center point in the second one, and then even the third one, which would have been Christopher Nolan's plan if, unfortunately, um, Heath Ledger hadn't passed away. So I'm just saying, like, right now, I just... I don't really care. And I like the Joker. You know, I actually love all versions of the Joker, even Jared Leto's version. Um, but as someone who does enjoy the Joker, I just don't really want to hear about him right now in a live action capacity. I want, I want shit to breathe pretty much. AJ, your thoughts? Okay. So, um, I understand those points, but when you're tired of the Joker, are you tired of the the character, or are you tired of each portrayal? Like each each Joker is different. So what I'm confused on is how are you guys tired of it if each Joker is a, basically a different character at the at that point? Um, you just have different styles of the Joker. Like sometimes I don't understand. Personally, I don't understand why people get tired of the origin stories, even though we get different takes of the origin stories. It's not like we're getting we're getting the same origin story. It's just like a different style. Um, so that that's why I don't understand. Well, I was I, I was the point I was making to my dad, who voiced almost exactly what what Tia was saying was. It's only people only complain about that when it comes to Batman, because I can tell you right now, there's not been one X-Men movie where Magneto wasn't your villain. Not one, not a nair one, not a nair X-Men movie. He didn't turn out to be your villain in some capacity and no one's complained about it. And here's the kicker. You're about to get it again and no one's complaining about it. It seems to only be Batman that we're tired of Joker but we'll watch Magneto since 2001 and we're in 2020 in about a year or two, we'll be getting Magneto again. And it just doesn't seem to really bother people. <laughs> so that's what I told him. When I said that to him, he was like, Oh, I never thought about that. I said, yeah, only because in, in the capacity that we've gotten the Joker in, it's been so hit or miss to where people either loved it or they hated it. So it's kind of just like, it's not been a steady ride of, oh, I just love every Joker. Everyone finds a, uh, something about a Joker they didn't like. But no one really complained about Magneto being a villain. And if you guys don't believe me, X-Men 1, villain. X-Men 2, villain. X-Men 3, villain. First Class, villain. Days of Future Past, villain. <laughs> Apocalypse, to a degree, not the full movie, to a degree, villain. Then the last one that just came out, to a degree, a villain. So, like, that's seven. We were only talking about four Jokers, and Magneto's done it seven. Seven movies. He's been your big bad. So, to me, I just look at it, and I'm like, and the crazier thing is, 
there's only one Magneto. There's no different versions of Magneto. There's two different actors, but it's always been the same Magneto. Each Joker is different. You don't watch you don't watch '89 and The Dark Knight and go, it's like the same thing all over again. It's completely two different Jokers. Uh, like I said before, one was about chaos, one was about anarchy. As much as those two things sound the same, they're different. Uh, their motivations are different. But I'm sorry, AJ, before you have to go, if you wanted to finish, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I, I agree with you completely. Um, I also want to point out that we are getting most of his rogue gal- um, rogues gallery in this first one. Um, I, I shouldn't say most of them because he has a lot, but we are getting the majority of his rogues gallery. In the first one, we're getting what Redler, we're getting Penguin, um, Catwoman. Yeah, Cat. Uh, I don't count Catwoman as the villain very much. Well, it depends on um, how they use her. If they use yeah, her like an yeah. ally, then then no. But she has been a villain for Batman before, so yeah. who knows how they use her? So, so um, so yeah, um, I just think that Matt Reeves has a plan, especially since Warner Brothers gave him the time to take um for his script. Um, so they obviously let him have his creative freedom. So right now, I wouldn't ca- um, count uh, the Joker out because, or any of um, Batman's villains out right now or complain about the amount of villains because Matt Reeves is, have, does have the creative control on that part. Um, now it's up to him to make it good, and I do have very high hopes for him to make it great. Um, good as the Dark Knight, hopefully. I, I'm really up there with um, the Batman right now. Um, so I, I have high hopes for this, and I, I won't complain right now since Matt Reeves has the creative decision. Um, Warner Brothers seems right now like they're not they're just basically leaving them alone so i have no complaints yeah unless I mean, in a few years <laughs> unless in a few years we get call to action of the reeves cut yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true um but I, I will say if you actually break it down we've we've only ever seen batman face off against the joker twice only twice one 89 in the dark night that was it Leto's bat, uh, Joker didn't face off against Batman. Uh, Phoenix's Joker didn't face off against Batman. Uh, Gotham, they never actually showed Joker and Batman fighting. They, they, they showed Batman as a shadow and, like, throwing a batarang in Joker's hand, but, that, like, that was literally the extent of it. They were building up Bruce Wayne before he became Batman versus Jerome. So, like, that whole thing was very weird. Um, so really, honestly, we've ever only seen Batman face off against Joker twice. And I would say it's a long leap between 89 and 2008. So I think we're due for an actual Batman versus Joker in whatever capacity we get it in. But I think, I think we're just tired of hearing the name Joker. But if you look underneath that, we have not seen Batman versus Joker that often. Uh, I mean, if anyone is a fan of the original Superman movies, they legit rotated two villains. Lex Luthor, Zod. Lex Luthor, Zod. Lex Luthor, Zod. What did we get modern day? Lex Luthor, Zod. Lex Luthor, Zod. So I'm like, again, no one really complains about that either. Um, So I just feel like once this comes out, we get the first one, we get a feel of what the universe will be like. 
we get the second one, whoever they decide to cast. I do believe once we revisit it and we have our, our breakdown of the, the second movie with the Joker, I believe everyone will be saying, I didn't mind the Joker. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, so to me, oh, I, I do want I do want to bring up that point. Um, before the Joker was released, everyone I, and I mean everyone was like, I don't want this Joker at all. Um, no one asked for this. Uh, why are they doing a Joker movie without Batman? And almost, I can't say everyone because I wasn't included in that, but. The majority of people were hating on this movie so much because Batman wasn't in it. But the moment it released, everybody started like, oh, this is one of the greatest um, origins of superhero or supervillain um, movies right now. Um, the movie is just incredible. People are comparing it to uh, Martin Scorsese's movies. So, all I'm say saying is don't jump to conclusions before you even watch the trailer or watch the movie. Um, you might be casted. Yeah. And there is a, a very real possibility this report um, isn't even true. We didn't hear this from Matt Reeves. I'm not trying to dispel uh, the people that actually broke the rumor. I'm just saying it's not factual, you know? So no need to get built up either either way, whether you're defending it or tearing it down. We don't know where to work from. It's not official. Um, but Dom, to round this out, man, of this topic, man, your thoughts on the rumor? And do you have Joker fatigue? Um, I'm almost to the point of there's almost no Batman without Joker. Uh, in the sense that I feel like they're kind of like this yin and yang, like that's kind. Of, it almost seems like a motivation for for Batman, and also the reason why Joker gets up in the morning is to mess with Batman. So it kind of feels like he's necessary in some capacity, whether it's big or small. However, I do want to see Todd Phillips and Tom McFarlane do. Uh, the what is it, the Batman who laughs? Uh, is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. Because I was just I picked it up not too long ago, and just the look of it, I was like, yes. Because people have increasingly got more comfortable with a darker comic book type movies. So if I can get one with like the the, the Batman who laughs, and it's kind of more kind of gruesome and whatnot like that's that's what i want to see or you get like todd phillips and or hell, you can get matt reeves and uh, robert rodriguez and I, I need to see like it's still where to where it still looks comic booky but then also kind of over the top to where you're like oh all right so uh i do want to see like a uh i want to see batman get to like the the dark the darker darker stuff um but yeah, nah, nah, I'm I'm okay with the Joker. Um, as long as the person does good and it's just big shoes to fill. Um, but uh, yeah, it uh, it can be done and done well. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think it's an issue for me. Uh, I would like to see other characters. I really want to see 
uh, man bad. I just want to see how, what he would look like in the flesh. Um, you saw, and especially, you saw a glimpse of it in BVS. Remember that's what popped out of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think it's, <laughs> I think it'd be perfect for them to do that, especially with Marvel having Morbius. You know what I mean? Like I feel like. I know it's it's a, it's not a competition, but it is a competition. Because um, as soon as you know the Avengers were taken off, then you had this league start like, oh, we gotta catch up. So like, yeah, they got more people do some man bad and throw him in there and kind of make him like a bigger character than he than he is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with you at all, but that's why I say Tia was absolutely correct. And there's a way you could do. There's a middle ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I do believe Matt Reeves will find it. Uh, he will find his, his middle ground. Because I would be nervous, Tia, if this first movie only had one main villain. Because then yeah. that you know, his mindset is second movie is probably only Joker, and then third movie is probably only someone else. But the fact that he's willing to bring in so many different villains in just this one movie lets you know he doesn't mind opening up a little bit to where maybe Joker's not even a focus. Maybe Joker sneaks up on us in the second movie. Uh, no, so. And my thing is, like, you know, I don't really have a problem with the Joker coming in because it's the Joker. I'd end up liking it. You know, it's just that as someone who I've told you all the time, I love Batman the Animated Series. I grew up on it. That's what helped introduce me to all of this, you know? And there's so many characters in that show that, all I've wanted to see throughout the years is those characters introduced in the live action capacity, you know, and we haven't seen the Riddler. I know we had a Riddler on Gotham. I'm not counting that right now. You know, we've only seen a Riddler in a live action movie since Jim Carrey, Um, you know, and Dan did point out while I was a fan of Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face, not everyone was, but before that, all we had was um, Tommy... Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face, which I think was absolutely cartoonish and ridiculous, you know? I'd love to see that. Um, So I'm happy that we're getting, you know, the Riddler coming back, especially with someone as talented as Paul Dano. I'm happy that we're getting the Penguin and it be a different version. So to me, it's just like, okay, cool, the Joker. I just want to hear more about other different villains. That's very much what it is, because to me, my my fear is that people are going to too much concentrates too much on the Joker and not really care that there are other villains that should be introduced in Matt Reeves' trilogy. Well, to me, that, that that's my biggest thing. If you're worried about non-comic book fans not having enough knowledge about, uh, you know, his rogue gallery, I would challenge him to do what Joel challenges me to do every day, and that's read up on it. Read up on it, because nine times out of ten, these movies only want to make money. They're not here to cater to you. And Joker is a Joker's a big, big enough name. He now has two Oscars. <laughs> so the studio will always try to get a director to do the Joker. Um, it's just unfortunately it's always probably going to map itself out like that, uh, to where they find a way to always squeeze in the Joker somewhere. Um, but all right, let's move on. I want to talk about Tia. Open the door on this. I want to talk a little bit more about this. Um, uh, Hartley something who plays um, Elongated Man from The Flash. Thank you, T. I see you looking up the name for me. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well get it right. Hartley Sawyer. Hartley Sawyer. I knew it was Hartley something. Hartley Sawyer. Um, has been fired from The Flash. Um, he played Elongated Man. Um, he was let go a few days ago because of old problematic tweets, whether they were, uh, uh, I don't know why I was going to say pornographic, not pornographic, homophobic, <laughs> racist, um, very insensitive tweets. Now, I'll start it off before I pass it to you, Tia. Um, I'm not a fan of it. Um, it's kind of productive. And what I mean by that is the idea of shedding light on someone's mistakes <clears throat> is to be able to get them to understand the problem, uh, the error of their work. Now, for someone that sent out three years, five years, ten years, twenty years, however many years ago they sent out these tweets, um, to me, unless it was something as soon as, like, as early as last year, uh, or this year, if it was two, three, four years ago, we have no idea how how different people's mindsets are now, or maybe. They came across something that they learned their lesson from. Um, the Kevin Hart situation, he said from when he first said it to now, or where people dug it up, he's met numerous gay people um, that he's befriended, and he's under he understands the error of his ways. Um, but he then lost out on something that isn't something that comes around for people of color that often. Um, and to me, cancel culture... Like, it doesn't, when I, when I say it's productive, I mean, its purpose is to shed light. Yes, we know that. But where it becomes problematic is it doesn't seek out true justice, which is making sure you're informing and educating the people who said it about what was truly wrong about it and how they can go about improving their mindsets. Um, because you got them fired from the flash. Now, if this guy is homophobic and racist, that's not going to change because he got fired, um, you know, and it's not like he was on the flat, like, it's not like he was doing press runs and flash homophobic, racist, or anything like that. So to me, I kind of believe everyone makes mistakes. And yes, saying ignorant things could be chalked up as a mistake, or it could just be who you are. Regardless, everyone is, is should be owed a second chance. Now, I'm talking about saying things. Actual actions is where some people draw the line. I'd agree on that. Um, abuse, stuff like that, I get. But to me, I view it to where the true justice comes in, you being able to reform someone's mindset. Uh, and you firing him does nothing. Uh, because all that means is there's so many people out there in the world that are in positions of power or TV shows or music that might feel the same way, they just don't say it. Um, and that's why it's like, it's weird because you never know. You never know. Dom could be like, I hate anyone that's that's uh, shorter than 5'6". And then he would disgust every time he looks at me. Um, I would know it because he doesn't say it. Um, but to me, I kind of just feel like firing or canceling, as they say, um, isn't necessarily the right way to go. I would rather us try find a common ground as to educate people um, rather than just reading everything. Because there's a good chance you won't get another job anytime soon. And to me, that to me isn't necessarily justice. 
Um, you know, just like if you go to a restaurant and your waitress is really rude, she could have had a really bad day that we know nothing about. But if we complain, that could be the difference in between whether she's fired or not. And she's not necessarily a bad person because of some of her actions about that day. Um, but now she lost her job. Now we don't care why, because we think our mission was accomplished by getting her canceled. So to me, I just view it as in reform is important. Uh, I believe it in our prison systems where we don't get it, uh, where we treat them like animals instead of what prison was actually supposed to be created for, which is to reform. Uh, like if you go to um, like a uh, a rehab for alcoholics or sex addicts or drug addicts, and then you go to prison, they're definitely nowhere near the same thing. Uh, and that's why it's easier for someone addicted to drugs, sex, or booze to be reformed because it's run more like therapy for you to reform them rather than, oh, you drink alcohol? You're a monster. We're not going to feed you real food. You'll get slopped today. Um, that, it, it, what does that help? Um, so that's how I view it. Sorry. Pretty much. I'll pass it off to you for your thoughts on the Sawyer incident uh, and him being let go from the flash because of his past tweets. I think that you really um, did a very good job in summing up a lot uh, behind cancel culture. You're completely correct how we expect to educate people if we simply punish. Um, I will say right now as someone who is one grew up in a Catholic household, um, you know, you are taught some things growing up that you quickly find out are completely wrong and different uh, when you get out into the actual world. You know, your family even, you, you know, I've seen my family transform their thinking throughout the years because you get educated um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you went by maybe things from the, you know, thinking mentality of years and years and years ago, it's going to be different, you know, but people learn and people get educated. Um, uh, that being said, I do disagree a little with the Kevin Hart situation just because I really disliked his stand-up where he talked about killing a gay son. I really disliked his interrupting of little Nas X, but even he has the capacity to change. And if you're saying that he went on and talked about him learning, that's fantastic. Um, I, I'm getting to the Sawyer thing really quick. I'm just trying to sum up my thinking here. Is, uh, like, say, say, say with the James Gunn thing, right? When he first got fired, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous because his tweets were from 10 years ago. I looked at the tweets and for any, I'm 30, for anyone who's my age, 10 years ago or more, um, people loved the whole value thing. It was trendy to be shocking. You know, that's why um, uh, Marilyn Manson was huge, his whole shock value presence. Um, and it seemed like to me at the time, James Gunn was just trying to be shocking. And I thought, you know, that's 10 years ago. That's ridiculous. Humor was different. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, and I don't agree with it. I always hated them, but come on, there were jokes about dead babies. And that was a thing back in the day. People loved making those jokes. I, I don't know if I'm talking on my ass there, but at least I remember people making those jokes. I'm like, that's not funny, but that apparently was funny back in the day. Anyway, to the Sawyer thing. Um, 
the tweets, and they, some of them are tweets against women. Um, I, they're not funny. Maybe he was trying to be funny. He thought he was very comical. Um, his tweets about violence against women is wrong because there are women that that actually happens to them. Uh, and he just had very homophobic, very racist remarks that are, it, w it is literally the worst time right now for them to have been unearthed. Uh, so I don't know what the right situation is there. Um, I think it may have been a bad look to continue having him on just because, you know, the flash is that type of show where it is like the most right now, now that the arrow is done, it's the most popular one in the whole CW. Um, it just would have looked bad to kind of keep him on in light of all of this. And I know that certainly doesn't educate anyone, but I do understand that those were some, some of those were really harsh. Some of those tweets were really bad. And those weren't that long ago to this point where it's like, did you think any of that was okay? In my eyes, this is my mindset, right? Um, I'm very careful even with you guys, you know, even what I say on here, because I want my career to go somewhere. So if you're someone who's an actor and you know at some point you're going to be in the spotlight, five years ago wasn't that long for social media. You knew how social media worked. Why did you think as someone trying to get into the acting biz that it was okay to have something like that out there? The internet's forever. Nothing goes away. We can find anything. Um, so there's all that. And the last thing I have to say, because now I'm talking very long-winded, was I really didn't like his character, so I really wasn't that upset. <laughs> <laughs> I won't disagree that you couldn't you couldn't necessarily have elongated man in next season. I just also just um, to me it's something like to me I I personally it took a while for me to get past James Gunn's tweet. Um, right, which I understand completely. Um, but I I never was of the belief, and if I was someone point out the tape and I'll apologize, but I was never of the mindset of he should lose his job necessarily. Right. Um, only because to me, I kind of feel like it's just like if, if someone offends you and they just go, I'm sorry, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily take, take the, the hurt away. You want to know that they're actually sorry by seeing the actions of them change. Um, just like Don, we were saying last night with the NFL, you throwing money at me doesn't change anything. The change begins from the inside, meaning more black owners, more black investors, more black head coaches, more black, you know what I'm saying? That lets me know you truly get it. But until that changes, you throwing money at me is cool, but I still don't believe you get it. Um, so that's why I said I'm very, I'm very much of the belief that cancel culture works to a degree and then doesn't work to a degree because the true purpose of cancel culture should be us trying to get these people to understand what was wrong and educate them in ways of becoming uh more knowledgeable uh and just smarter in how they choose to go about life going forward and to me whether or not he thought that was funny i agree to you, it was inexcusable um but to me i would love for him you know, and now if he did it, people would think he's just doing it just to, uh, you know, uh, 
fix things by by talk, you know, going to more gay rallies and stuff like that, trying to get a better understanding. Um, but to me, and, and it's not a defense, but I will say, in a black household, what Kevin Hart says is not uncommon to hear. Um, not at all. It is not uncommon to hear. And I understand that because as someone again who lived in a Catholic household, that's not very uncommon to hear. I still don't like it. Um, as the, as as someone who, even in high school, hearing some of her classmates talk about in their future, if they have a child who's gay, they're going to kick them out. And I'm 18 at this point, and like not thinking about kids at all, but I'm still sitting there going, "What? You gave you carried that kid around your stomach for you know your uterus for nine months, but you'd kick them out." Like, and I don't want to get into that because that's a whole another thing. But you know, so I still didn't like it. But I. I completely get what you're saying. It's a difference of, you know, upbringing and it's hard sometimes to get rid of some of that hardwiring conditioning that you had when you were younger. Um, but, I, and so I, I'm not hating on Kevin Hart at all, you know, um, I'm just saying that those, I was just mentioning that that bothered me, you know? And I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying what we, what we do have to learn, especially with everything that's going on now, and this isn't political at all for anyone that's like, oh, I'm going to fast forward. Um, what we're seeing more so than ever is there is a large amount of people that are ignorant to how other races, creeds, orientations, how they, how they operate, right? So if you don't truly get it and you're used to going about something in this specific way, you don't really truly get it. I'll give you guys a really quick example before I pass it to you, Dom. When I was about six years old, my dad took me to a comic book shop. And the one thing my dad always told me was, you hold the door open for women. Like, you never go in before them. So the lady was coming out with her daughter, and my dad, you know, and, and me, we, we were holding the door for him. And the lady says, thank you, thank you very much. And her daughter goes, mommy, I thought you said we're not allowed to talk to black people. And oh, oh my God. The little girl is saying it, and she's not thinking what I just said is like super racist. She's like, I don't know, that's what you told me. So I, I, I'm just saying, what, what are you doing? You know? So to me, it, it, your, your upbringing very much attributes to your mindset. And yeah. that's why I said it's not as simple as let's cancel them and get them out of here. No, let's, let's break this down, let's systematically change it. Um, like, like what's going on now, people can't look past um, the flag when it comes to kneeling. They don't understand the other side. They want us to understand that side, but they're not willing to understand the other side. So through understanding is how cancel culture can truly be a productive way of changing the world rather than, oh, he got fired? Who's the next one on the list? Like, because that's very much how it feels nowadays where people are like oh hartley's gone who's the next person we can get now <laughs> that's not to me that's not productive now i'm not saying that i want cancel culture not to shed a light on people who are doing crazy stuff sure but instead of getting them fired and instead of a studio looking to uh rush to fire them we got to remember that's not how our justice system works when someone uh, commits an offense and it's their first time, usually they get a lighter sentence, like community service or something like that. It's not like, wait, you stole gum? No, 30 years, prison, end of story, go. Like, th that's not how it works. So to me, I kind of feel like 
reforming them is a better way to show that he gets it uh, rather than just getting rid of them. But again, I, I don't want to take away from anyone who is truly offended by it. I don't want to make it sound like I don't care about your feelings. I'm just saying the best way to change mindsets like that is to educate them. And the only way you could truly do that is to actually want to educate them, not just to uh, throw them to the wolves. But Dom, to close this out, man, what are your views on the uh, Hoyer situation? Is, is it Hart? No, Hartley situation. It's Sawyer. Hartley Sawyer. It's <laughs> so weird to me. He has like two last names. Um, but your, your thoughts on the Hartley situation and then your thoughts on cancel culture. Well, a wise man once said, to, to err is human, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm on both sides, though. I'm on some square up. I'll meet you outside, you know? I, you get your medicine, you know what I mean? And once I beat your ass, then, you know, you go back to doing whatever. But I am also about, like, second chances because I know for a fact every single person on this earth that is over the age of 10 has said something jacked up they just didn't get caught yet you know what I mean or they didn't post it online so everybody is in some way a piece of shit to somebody else you know what I mean and it is like this is the thing that I've always been thinking about with cancel culture if these people get canceled, where do they go? They have to work. They have to have a family. Now, if you are out here talking about you want to hang people, yeah, get the hell out. You can go back to the ocean and drown. But if you just said something that you was like, ah, I was trying to be funny, or I was trying to be edgy, and yeah, go through some kind of actionable stages of like, uh, sensitivity training or go through some classes or if you're an actor and you said some racist stuff you're gonna do a movie with the whole cast full of people that you were making fun of but um, I say, um the workforce doesn't even work like that like if i worked with tia in an office and i hugged her and she felt like awkward about it and reproached, right they just put you in sensitivity training right it's, they don't go oh you hugged her gotta go juan sorry <laughs> like that's not really how it works. They send you through uh, sensitivity training because the idea of it is for you to learn why she felt uncomfortable. So, right. so you know, if, if, if television and movies had a sensitivity training that they towards, it would have two reactions. One, long enough, if you wait long enough, no one really cares. Like, I can tell you right now, no one's really still talking about what James Gunn said. Completely honest with you, no talking about it no one's really still talking about what kevin hart said um they passed it right and you still see kevin hart working you still see james gunn working so to me it's all about you have to show that you learned your lesson create a sensitivity training to where you're making them more aware of what they did wrong so they know okay i didn't see it like that i see it now blah 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 whatever now albeit someone's gonna say well, you should know not to just make fun of people because they're gay. Yeah, duh, of course. But we're fighting about saying you should know you shouldn't just kill unarmed black people. And that doesn't seem to be something that's like an aha for certain people. They'll fight that to the death. So to me, it's not that. Not that has been. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, 
it's just like in the in the nineties growing up, right? Almost everybody I know, myself included, said the F word, right? Mm-hmm. Now at that time, I didn't even know that that was derogatory towards gay people. I just knew that that's what people said right. instead of saying other cuss words, right? And then as you grew, grew up and learned, like, hey, this is wrong. And there's even campaigns and commercials that I remember seeing when I was watching the grassy and I was talking about, hey, don't say that word because you won't want to say like, every time someone's mad, uh, man, guy with the stupid pink shirt on, you know what I mean? So like, as you grow, you, you learn. And now everybody that was saying it doesn't say it anymore. Right. Um, because we learn, oh, that's hurtful to people. So I think there has to be some kind of grace period to give some of these people some leeway to say, hey, you did wrong. And the whole world knows you did something wrong. Now, how are you going to redeem yourself? But you can't just, it, like, like you said, it's kind of productive because if I say something hateful and then you get canceled, all you're going to do is make that person that much more mad and yeah. nothing happened. Nothing. He didn't get help. She didn't get help. Like now if it's actions, yeah, go to jail. If you did something to somebody, bye, go, go to, go to, go to jail and, and see what happens. <laughs> I've been to, I've been to visit some jails and it ain't nothing nice. So like, yeah, you, you put your hands on somebody, you, you assaulted somebody. I, right, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll tell the homies in, uh, in jail that you, sexually assaulted somebody and see what they do to you. You know what I mean? But like, the words are are bad, right? There's certain ways and certain words and certain phrasings that you can do to, to tear down people secretly because of your stature. But at the same time, if you get called out and the whole world knows you're that person, you're not gonna, you're, the most the most rational people are not going to do that anymore. And they're going to see like, oh, people don't think that's funny or people don't like that. People don't like but yeah, I don't know. The cancel culture, like, it it essentially is just like a witch. It literally seems like there's somebody has a list of celebrities that they kind of don't like. And they're like, you know what? Today, I'm just going to go through their Twitter for the last 10 years and see what I can find. Because I'm not with the whole canceling somebody who, oh, the tweet was from 25 years ago. I don't. Where did they find these tweets, too? Is on Twitter? Are they just, like, scrolling? You got people that dedicate their day to just going through your entire timeline. <laughs> it's crazy because only in music, not music, sorry, only in movies and television does this happen. This doesn't happen in sports. They just suspend you. This doesn't happen in music. You just go away. Your, your publicist writes a lengthy letter about it. You make a song showing awareness, and everyone forgets about it. It's well, only TV and film that you legit lose. You could lose everything, and then no one wants to work with you again. No one wants to work with you. So we don't know if this is true for, for, for him. We shall see. But to me, I would have just said, you know, as of now, they're no longer using elongated man. Um, you know, whether it's recasting him or just on a hiatus for a while, and then maybe like the very last season of Flash, you bring him back for like an arc or whatever. Um, but to me, I kind of just feel like only in TV and film does this happen. But I'm sorry, what were you saying to you? 
Oh, um, two things really. First, I wanted to say, comment on again what you said with like learning, right? Robert Downey Jr. had a very like crazy past, you know, but you, Hollywood and the audience audience gave him time to learn and come back and be better than ever. Um, and also what Dom was saying that it seems really to be like words that everyone is kind of hooked on to as, as opposed to actions. And I'm not trying to really get into it right now, but there's been a lot of really horrific accusations towards Amber Heard. And there has been nothing that has come out and said that Amber Heard has been fired from the next Aquaman. And some of those accusations and clips or whatever have been absolutely horrific to listen to, to experience. And to me, the kind of uh, blind the blindness that is being given to her or people like her is really crazy. Well, yeah, no need to really get into that now because we're yeah. not podcast, but it definitely is a it's one of those situations to where when people say it seems like it works differently for men and women, that is 100% one of those uh, yeah. scenarios. Because when Johnny Depp, when that came out about Johnny Depp. Oh, man. Like immediately. Uh, but then when you reverse it, it was kind of just like. Uh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? You know, uh. To me, I was horrified by that. I was horrified by all that, especially as a woman. I was sitting here saying, why, where's the outrage here? Where's the literal outrage here that Johnny Depp, you know, got pretty much? Yeah, well, it, 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 unfor it unfortunately works like that sometimes. And the best thing we can do is to make sure we're being as loud as possible about it, um, if we strongly feel that way. Uh, just continue to bring it up, and at some point, it'll become overwhelming enough to where change will come about it. But all right, let's move on. I want us to rush through the – well, not rush through, but I want us to get through these last few topics uh, so I can let you guys have a good night so we can have our meeting tomorrow. All right. Okay. All right, so Marvel's House of M storyline could be a huge inspiration for WandaVision. That's huge. I, I told you guys the scenario that I had to where, um, and Dan really liked this, that's why it sucks, I couldn't, I couldn't get his opinion on this, but I said this before, in comics, Wanda whispered, no more mutants, and all the mutants disappeared. I said, what if WandaVision ends with her whispering mutants, and it creates a whole new timeline where mutants exist, and that's part of what Doctor Strange is trying to, the course correct. Um, and then we, in that movie, he's able to blend the two worlds to where mutants now exist in our current time. Um, that's what I've always pitched. I'm like, that would be brilliant. Like the very last words uttered are mutants. And then like you see like a, a, a breach open or whatever. Um, and you don't see anyone step out because obviously Foggy wouldn't have had anyone cast it by that time. Um, but you just see like a portal open that you assume mutants are coming through in. Um, that would be genius, and it would, it would help set up X-Men versus the Avengers, because you could have it where Avengers are trying to police the, the, uh, the mutants because they're getting too out of control. Um, and then through that is where, obviously, they find Xavier. They find out there's some good ones, some good mutants. Um, that sounded really racist, but <laughs> it's a <good> <laughs> 
find out sure. that, not all, that not all of the mutants are villains or whatever. So I'm like, I, I, I could I could see that, honestly. I, I would really love that. But uh, Dom, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this uh, this rumor that House of M uh, storyline can be for WandaVision? Um, that's, it's actually really interesting. I don't, I haven't read those comics. I'm, I'm currently reading House of X. House of X. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that was a nice plug. I, <laughs> I do want to read the House of M, but, uh, no, it's a good storyline because it, 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 that would be a perfect, uh, cause you know, we still don't know exactly the WandaVision. Is she like, in, in her mind, is this a real thing? So, it, but it would be a perfect opportunity for them to introduce them that way. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, Wanda is like Omega level or very close to it. Um, so to let, to let that character become this, as powerful as we know she is, um, will be a, a really good thing, and uh, it has unlimited possibilities, especially when they bring in Doctor Strange and the multiverse. So yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen, and it's, that's very exciting that you can you can do what you want to do, essentially. Um, and then it, then you have the what if, and so there's a lot of things that this can turn into to where she could be the catalyst for everything that happens. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's very it's very exciting. Yeah, House of M, the climax of House of M was she went through a nervous breakdown, which is when she uttered the words, no more. Um, so, I mean, her her nervous breakdown in WandaVision could be, it breaks up to find out all of it was, it was uh, a lie. Uh, Vision's not alive. They don't have kids. Uh, Vision's still dead. That spiral her into this nervous breakdown that leads to somewhat House of M. Um, so I can see it. I can see it. I can definitely see it. But uh, Tia, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that House of M is kind of the only the natural way to go. Uh, everything that I have heard of House of M, everything that you have told me, just seems like it would make the most sense to be true in WandaVision. And I also just love your idea. Absolutely. Like, I just think how else will you really kind of introduce mutants? Where really is the mindset with WandaVision of Wanda having this own little carved out world for herself? You know, I'm just super interested in seeing like where that kind of happened. Cause you know, she obviously comes back up in Endgame. Is it that she, you know, had a moment to think to herself like, yeah, we won the battle, but guess what? I don't have vision. Vision didn't come back. I don't have my brother. I am literally alone right now. Um, and remember, she doesn't have Tony or Cap anymore. I was just going to say that she, you know, it's not how it was in Civil War where she's living in the Avengers base or anything. So, you know, is this literally her just being alone and wanting to kind of bring that to herself? And where else is the reasoning kind of having her in the second Doctor Strange, which don't get me wrong, I love that. You know, my favorite part about the Marvel movies is how much they connect with each other and you can have characters from other, you know, projects in, you know, other people's movies. But it just seems like that is the natural kind of story arc to get. Yeah, and I hope it plays out like that because it – all the pieces are there. All the pieces are yeah. there. 
something that you have to create or construct. It's there waiting for you to do this. Um, so hopefully it pans out that way because I've very rarely been able to say I told you so. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't just keep going over. I had to get one at some point. So maybe this will be the um, But all right, sticking on uh, WandaVision, uh, there's been a report. Evan Peters has been casted in WandaVision in a undisclosed role. Now, everyone's immediately assuming it's Quicksilver, albeit I do hope that's true. It's too on the nose. It's way too on the nose. Feige's not stupid. Uh, and again, this did not come from Marvel. Uh, you know, just, just for anyone out there listening, this is a report uh, from people that, that are, are "Quote unquote scoopers." Um, so this did not come from Marvel. Marvel did not uh, announce it. I don't think we've heard anything from Evan Peters. Um, but this would be great. This would be great, especially if um, he decides he doesn't want to recast, and out out of that portal comes Michael Fassbender um, as Magneto, um, James McAvoy as Xavier. I think we can all that won't be the case, but who knows? Uh, see, I'll start with you because you are very adamant that you do not want Evan Peters. Not um, so what are your thoughts on the rumor that he was casted in an undisclosed role? Yeah, I pretty much hate this. I don't hate Evan Peters. I hate this. Um, it's the same thing like I hate the Snyder Cut, right? Because I feel like we were finally getting away from everything. And then suddenly it was like, hey, no, we're going to revisit the past. When did people suddenly start acting like these Fox movies were works of art? Like, let's get away from it. For now, We have the ability to start with a fresh slate. Ryan Reynolds is the only person I want crossed over from the frickin' Fox universe. I don't even want Hugh Jackman. He doesn't even want to come back. Um, the time is nigh for a new X-Men. Um, and first of all, I'm sorry, we already had a Quicksilver in the MCU. It was Aaron Taylor Johnson, not Evan Peters, all right? Because you bring in Evan Peters as Quicksilver that opens up the floodgates to have all the other people back. And I'm sorry, besides James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, not any of them were that impressive in their roles. So I dislike that very much. Um, but as you said, it's from a scooper. So who even knows if it's real? Um, and it's a little too on the nose. And I think that Kevin Feige might have a little fun with kind of um, saying that, you know, oh, Evan Peters is coming in, but then all of a sudden he's someone completely different. Like, that would be fun. It would be. Um, and I know, okay, so I know this isn't entirely the same, but it's kind of like how, remember everyone was like, or not everyone, he did, uh, Andrew Garfield, you know, desperately wanted Spider-Man to be in the MCU. And they're like, yeah, Spider-Man will be in the MCU, but you're not going to be in the MCU. Um, and we got Tom Holland. It's like, that's how it should be with this Quicksilver, even though at this point Disney bought Fox. So technically they could do, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't want it. Please stop. <laughs> when I heard this, I was like, oh, God, no, Marvel. This is the last thing that we want. We were finally, like, getting away from that toxicness. Um, and I will 
Christopher Mark on Twitter, he did do a really good, he made a really good point. Um, and this kind of does kind of go into cancel culture, but also like facts. Anyway, you know, those X-Men movies relied very heavily on Brian Singer and other people who have very not good reputations. And I kind of feel like, why do you want to have like a remnant of their world seeping into your MCU? So that's my opinion there. I don't necessarily disagree with anything you said. Uh, I'm a big, uh, big fan of Out with the Old and with the New. Um, I just also wouldn't be bothered if that same cast was carried over. I've been waiting for Aaron Taylor Johnson to come back since Age of Ultron. I don't know why. I don't know why. I loved him. I loved him. I was so excited. It was like the only thing in Age of Ultron that I was like, no, why? They killed him. I wasn't happy when he died. It was just so weird because I'm like, you just introduced him. Why do you think I care that he just died? Like, what? You gave me half of a movie with him and then killed him. What did you think that was going to do for me? I, I don't care. All right, he's dead. All right. What, what? I cared. He, like, I cared, and I, I hated it, okay? I hated I, that. I, I think I was more upset Hawkeye didn't die, because I'm like, this is a waste oh, of time. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, no. I was super upset. It's, it's part of the reason why I dislike Hawkeye. I'm like, we lost Quicksilver because of you? And, and I'll still say this. I'll, I'll say this to the day I die. It still made no sense. That a guy that could run that fast didn't get like a, a car door or something to try to like. Yeah, no. It's Josh Whedon's fault. I, he, I don't know why he bothered with that. Wait a minute. What can catch these bullets so Hawkeye and a kid doesn't die? Duh, my body. What? <laughs> what? Oh, my body. No, my body's quick enough. My body will do it. Um, wow. Uh, Dom, you didn't go, right? What, what are your thoughts on, on Evan Peters uh, being cast in this mysterious role for WandaVision? I think, because um, I know that there was, I think we talked about before, of like images and rumors of like her kids being there, uh, and they grow at like a rapid pace. I think he may actually be Speed, uh, her son, and it'll be kind of like a, you think he's Quicksilver and it's like, nah, he's her son. And they kind of be like a nod at him playing Quicksilver at one point. And then, you know what I mean? Um, Cause he's not an actor that you just throw away on a, on a random role. So I feel like he's going to be around for a little bit. And if she has kids in some capacity and they do like, I think it's uh, Speed and Wiccan, um, then, He'll be around for a while, um, and I, and I, and if they do, cat, uh, they, there's rumors of a casting of another male character for that show. Then I feel like that'll be like my answer. Um, that they're y'all gonna do like the sons, um, but yeah, I mean Evan Peter, I like Evan Peter. I mean my love for him comes from um, American Horror Story, um, and then he was great, and you know his character, which is funny that you mentioned. Like uh, Age of Ultron, but then you look at Evan Peters, Quicksilver, and he saves the whole school from blowing up and takes everybody and runs them all out. And then you have this guy, like, oh, I saved two people, but I got shot. Like, yeah, it does, like, 
It's weird. You're very weird. <laughs> that wasn't Quicksilver's fault. That was Josh Whedon's fault. He didn't realize the power of Quicksilver. Just um, but I yeah, would bring it up to Joel. Quicksilver was one of my favorite characters from the Ultimate comics uh, because what they did in the Ultimates um, was Quicksilver was so fast, if he ran by you, it could peel your flesh. That's mm-hmm. how fast he could run. So I'm like, I'm sitting there in a movie and I'm like, I'm, I'm watching him dead with like a thousand bullets in his body. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I definitely saw the Flash when, like, a whole army was shooting AKs at him. He was running so fast. It was like he was walking and picking the bullets <laughs> and throwing them away. And I'm like, I don't think that's how speed works. I, 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 I <laughs> run that fast into bullets. Like, if you could run that fast into the bullets, I feel like you could have ran that fast to get everyone out of the way, including Yeah. Him. I don't know. That's on Josh Wheaton, not on us, but. I don't know. No, I, I didn't have any emotional connection. <laughs> I remember once he died, I was like, "Okay, what's next?" All right, um, all right, let's move on. Um, new Pokemon movie is in development at Legendary Pictures. I only truly care. I don't want another Detective Pikachu. Now that Ryan Reynolds is still in the Pikachu body, they were separated. I don't really have that much interest going forward. Um, that was the whole thing for me. I was hoping at the end it was like, oh, nope, can't change it. He's still Pikachu. But when he separated, I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so honestly, I, I hope that whatever this movie is being developed, it's about Ash um, and the adventures of Ash. Uh, because to me, why not? Uh, I wouldn't said, I just want to get this out there. I want to get ahead of this. I wouldn't be mad if they said they weren't going to touch Ash. They were going with new characters. I just want a Pokemon world where you have a trainer, you get their Pokemon, they go through the movie. Uh, the whole goal is to win at this specific gym. Um, and, you know, that's the journey. He makes friends along the way, and he gets enough Pokemon to go to a gym at the end. He wins, gets the first badge, and all the movies are about him getting different badges at different uh, different stadiums or gyms or whatever. I'd be fine with that. I, I, no issues here. Wouldn't complain not once if they don't go the route of Ash. But there's just something elegant about seeing that Mewtwo movie play out in live action where Ash is crying, holding Pikachu. That's a star. Oh. <laughs> you know, he comes out of it, and you see all the Pokemon looking badass walking towards Mewtwo. Like, there's something really special in my mind about seeing that in live action. But if not, I don't really have a problem. Just make it based off of, uh, you know, it takes place about a trainer who's trying to get, you know, who's trying to become a Pokemon master. That's it. That's all I ask for. I don't think that's difficult at all. That's it. And I want them to better blend the Pokemon. I don't want it to be all this new school Pokemon shit. I don't know who any of these Pokemon are. Give me OGs. I want Charmander. I want Squirtle. I want, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want the OGs. Uh, but, see, I'll start with you. Um, what are your hopes for this new Pokemon movie to be? Or are you just not that invested? So, I finally actually saw Detective Pikachu maybe about a month or so ago, and I did enjoy it. Very impressed by the CGI. Very impressed. Ultimately had a good story, though kind of lost me a little at some places and you're right i i dislike the ending i i was like wait no pikachu's not 
going to be that you know although I mean Ryan Reynolds looked really good in that moment so I couldn't complain that much but I don't know ultimately I don't have that much of an attachment I, I think we've talked about I was more of a Digimon fan but I watched the original Pokemon I <laughs> I you know know the original what 150 something uh Pokemon I personally love to see an Ash story. That's who I grew up with. Ash, Misty, Brock. I'd like to see them. I'd like to see their story about being a trainer. Um, but if they decide not to go in that direction, they're like, that's going to be more for the anime. That's totally cool. But, um, yeah, I I was just so impressed by the graphics that that's really my huge investment there. You know, it's crazy. He would never do it. But you know who looks just like Ash? Who? Dalame. He uh, looks just like Ash. He would never do it. I don't think he would ever, ever. I ever don't think he'd him. ever do it. Do <laughs> it. But I could picture Timothy Chalamet in my head with the hat turned forward, and then he turns it backwards because he means <laughs> he means business. <laughs> just like Ash. Again, I know he would never do it. I'm not even fan casting him. I'm just saying. Like, when I was thinking of, like, who would play Ash, Timothy Chalamet popped in my head, and I'm like, whoa, go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, uh, Dom, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I think for that movie, it kind of depends on the tone. Um, do you want to be, like, campy, or do you want to make it, like, a journey type, like a Lord of the Rings type of thing, or do you go like fairy tale esque and like make it like Little Red Riding Hood, where he's training and has to go pick up something, but along the way he does all these fights? Or I mean, I guess it just depends on the route they go because I think when it's um, since Pokemon is kind of wide open, if you don't use Ash, you can mess it up really easy, uh, and people could get like. They'd be wild by the CGI because they'd probably use the same size CGI for Detective Pikachu, right. but you could definitely easily mess it up. Um, so uh, it had to be like a really good um, script um, and not just rely on uh, CGI. But um, yeah, I mean, anything Pokemon is going to sell out <laughs> regardless. Um, but just hopefully that they. Um, it turns out good. I mean, because I didn't have really high hopes for um, the Sonic movie. It was a good movie. It was very family friendly, and you, you like, it was heartfelt, and you're like, oh man, good. this is a good movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, if they do it the right way, it can be really good, but they can, it can be messed up really easy. Yeah. I will say that I would love to see Jesse and James, though, in the live action capacity. Yeah. Just how they would, how they would manage the hair is the biggest thing to me. I just want to see that happen. See the hair as much as like I need that hair. I give them somewhat of a creative freedom to it. Um, well, if you don't necessarily do the styles, I want them to be the correct colors. Right. I was like, just don't, don't make them blonde or brunette. Like they need to have the red and the purple. <laughs> And, I mean, you could do something as simple as making the movie about um, the big bad, quote-unquote big bad, could be the leader of Team Rocket. Like, yeah. the movie is about this trainer trying to, or you could be, he was a reporter, 
turn trainer trying to get to the bottom of the corruption behind team rocket like there's a lot of different ways you could take it yeah uh, to where it's a reporter trying to get to the bottom of you know the uh how corrupt team rocket is and he gets all the way to the top uh finds a pokemon along the way and that pokemon helps him stop what team rocket has planned um and then obviously at the end as a little you know wink to the fans um after the battle's all, uh, over you see jesse and james trying to take out the the reporter and the Pokemon does whatever it does, and then Team Rocket's blasting off again, and then there's <laughs> so many ways you could take it. Um, obviously, you guys are seeing my brain works like <laughs> uh, planning out these movies, but um, there's, there's like Dom said, it just depends on what you're aiming for, but there's so many different ways to go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, my hopes are just, I need that. I, I really or, wait a minute, what if, what if you make it one of those interactive movies like on Netflix where there's almost an unlimited amount of directions the movie can go? It'd probably take like three years to shoot it. But I mean, if, if people are like, you know, people love playing the Pokemon games and there's so many ways you can go. If you kind of made that into an interactive movie and you got to kind of pick your route and the, the, the abilities maybe you use or... I don't know. I don't know. There's something there. There's something there. <laughs> I, I think, Dom, I think what you're saying is more plausible for an animated interactive, interactive yeah, yeah, yeah. than it is live action um, because it, it was not good what they did with Black Mirror. With uh, Banner. I, I was going to say, I didn't want to like shoot down your idea, Dom, but <laughs> I didn't like Bandersnatch. I, I didn't see it as a success. <laughs> No, it could be done. It, it, it's not necessarily that you're shooting it down to you. It could be done. I just think it's more plausible animated than it is. Yeah, animated. agreed. Um, because honestly, where you can get away with it in animation that you can with live action, don't have me in my own scenario and I and I end up in the same spot I was. Uh, <laughs> you picked the cornflakes. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> What what did I push? Um, <laughs> like that's insane. But all right, let's let's get through these last few seconds. I can let you guys get out of here. Um, Christopher Nolan's Tenant delayed two weeks and hopes to release July thirty first. Uh, Patty Jenkins' Nineteen Eighty Four has officially been pushed back from August fourteenth to October second. Dom, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on those two pushbacks? Um, I'm okay with it because if these movies are going to be that much better in theaters. If they want to be a little safer and move them back just to wait for theaters to kind of be um, safer, I'm, I'm fine. Because, um, like, uh, what's the movie? Gemini Man. Gemini Man was meant to be seen in a certain type of theater. So if it was, if it was to come out now and you had to watch it at home, yeah, you might like it, but you're not going to get the same effect as you would in the theater and the certain type of screening they uh, they wanted to be shot in uh, or shown in. But so like these get moved back. I mean, it's not that much further and um, it just kind of builds that anticip anticipation that much more. Uh, Tenet is definitely not that much longer. Wonder Woman, I really want to see it. So it's kind of like, <sighs> but, you know, it just give me something to do in October, <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I want to think about this a little bit more. Go, go ahead, Tia. What, what are your thoughts on these two movies being pushed? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even really thinking about it, to be honest with you. I'm not even really thinking about movies at this point. It seems like kind of a abstract concept for the future. So um, I was not going to go to Tenant uh, when it was originally supposed to be released. I mean, hell, I'm trying to battle with myself if I even want to go to the freaking public pools when they open up. And I've been waiting to go to the pool since last summer. But yeah, ultimately to me, I think it's the smart move to do. Uh, as Dom said, I want to see Wonder Woman, uh, you know, 1984, especially because we were supposed to technically get it, what, last year? Yeah. But it, it doesn't really matter. I'd rather them kind of be safer than sorry, figure everything out. And it gives us something to do during the winter when it's a better time to be in the theaters. It's, you know, it's cold out. You go to see a movie as opposed to in the summer, especially as they're lifting all these bands. No one's going to want to be inside. You want to be outside. So I don't mind. I really don't. We will see them when we see them. My mindset, I feel like, with this whole thing has completely shifted. Last year, you know, wanting to see Black Widow and sitting there feeling like May was so far away and like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And now with all this, I'm like, it comes when it comes. I feel like my mindset with this whole thing has shifted so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very much so... What's the point? Got to wait for everything anyway. So just yeah. List. Um, I'm I'm really neutral. That's why I said I want to the thing. I I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be in a movie theater anytime soon. So yeah, that's just how I view it. All right. Next up, we got this one. I was very passionate. Uh, the MPA has officially rated Godzilla vs Kong PG-13 for intense sequences of cre of creature violence. Slash destruction and language. I hate it. By the way, Godzilla is also pushed uh, to next year. It will not come out this year. It comes out next year. Um, I hate it. Uh, and I know everyone's going to say the last Godzilla and King Kong movie were both 13. I hated that too. Those movies should all be created on. They're not meant for like, why are you trying to attract younger kids? Younger kids. Like, I've never met a 13-year-old that was like, yo, you see that Kong Skull Island? <laughs> they don't really care, man. They're in the movie theaters on their phones tweeting about it. So I'm like, they don't really care. I personally thought when you got two of the biggest monsters of all time facing off against each other, it'd be rated R. I want to see Kong biting with some blood. I want to see Godzilla, uh, you know, blasting someone's head off. I want to see it as violent. Make it John Wick, but with monsters. That's what I would <laughs> Um, so I'm not really that big of a fan of it being PG-13, but I could be overreacting, but I was really hoping it would be rated R. Dom, I'll start with you. Uh, do you feel the same, or are you cool with it being PG-13? No, I, I, I feel exactly the same. Um, I feel like, and this is, this is kind of the, the asshole in me, because I'm, you know, we're older now. Movies is a, going to the movies is a privilege, right? Yeah. These kids ain't got no money. They broke. <laughs> they can't go anyway. So make it rated off so we can enjoy it. Like, I'm the same way when I go to watch a UFC fight. I'm like, kick all these kids out that are not drinking 
so we can sit here because we got to have a running tab anyway, but I got to wait for a table because these little teenagers, nah, I kick them out. They ain't drinking. Um, so yeah, the movies is a, movies are a privilege. All the teenagers want to go see are either like, I see a lot of romantic comedies, animated movies, or the horror movies. That's it. You know what I mean? Like all the ones like a Godzilla, a lot of these uh, comic book movies, it's always adults that when I, when I go. So make it rated R. There's nothing more upsetting than like enjoying a movie and then looking to your left and your right and there's teenagers texting. And it's yeah. like, you paid money to sit here and text. Like, who does that? Like, that's so idiotic. And I'm like, make it rated R so they're not legally allowed to be here. Like, that, do me that favor. Do me that one favor. Um, Thea, uh, what are your thoughts? Are we overreacting? I mean, listen, I love both of your passions. You know, I'm not as invested as you guys are, so I don't really mind either way. But I I felt the same way kind of about, say, Venom. I hated that it was uh, rated PG-13. I would have loved to see an R-rated Venom. Um, I will say, Juwan, if you have an Alamo near you, you need to start going to that to go see your movies because they have a very strict no texting policy. And if you see people texting, you can actually write a little note. So yes, you have to be a little bit of like, say a little tattletale, but I don't give a shit. I paid money to go see that movie. You put a little note, you stick it, little like servers run, you know, and they grab it and they, you go, hey, these mother effers over here are annoying me. They'll give them a warning. And if they're doing it again, they get the hell out with no refund. So just I, saying. I will, I will say this. Texting isn't necessarily what bothers me, but these kids leave their, their light, like the brightness. Yes, yeah, it's just so yeah. bright. Like, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, that's really, what the hell? What? <laughs> You'll see them go, oh, my bad. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And then five minutes later, what is that? <laughs> oh, still me, man. Can you leave? Like, what are you doing? Or when someone's trying to be discreet, yeah, no, what? What'd you say? Oh. I hate that. Oh. It's like, dude, I can hear you. And he's like, oh, you can? Yes, you're yelling. <laughs> like, leave, walk out. I, I just. It I, bothers I, me so much. I, I hate that. <laughs> I see the dark night. Because. Um, that was around when the whole theater massacre happened. So a lot of people weren't rushing to go see it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go there. Not a lot of people are going to be there. Like my aunt refused to go in with me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch it alone. I'm in there and like 20 minutes into it. You just start hearing crying. And I'm like, what the hell? And you look over and the lady, <laughs> lady is holding an infant. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> doing and it's like and then i remember telling my mom and i left and she's like well some people can't get a babysitter and i'm like then you don't go to the movie right. <laughs> thank you thank you i i hate that i hate when i have to child why do i have to suffer like that's i hate when i go and see those movies and you got the little kids running up and down the aisles freaking screaming and crying and i'm like i'm sorry I'm not trying to sound like a bitch right now, but please don't go. <laughs> please don't go. I don't. And, and it's like the worst feeling is when you go up to buy your ticket or you go to concession and you see the kid acting up and you're like, please don't be in my movie. Please don't be in my movie. <laughs> and you're sitting there right before the lights go out, before it starts, and you see the mom and the kid. <laughs> 
Wait, I have a great idea. I have a great idea to eliminate that. So I don't know what your guys' um, religious upbringing is. I'm not going to ask, you know, um, or whatever. But as a Catholic, in my church growing up, they had a silent section where it was behind a, a panel of glass. It was a separate room where all the moms could bring, like, their really, like, rowdy children so they need to have that for movie theaters have like a little glass room where they go with their like little infants so that we don't have to hear it to me you bringing your kid to a movie is only acceptable if it's a kid's movie because i'm like if i'm yeah. a kid's movie there's a whole lot of questions that need to be asked especially <laughs> because i don't have a kid so, but if I'm you're watching John Wick and I look over and your five-year-old is, is acting up, I'm like, wait, how did you even get him past, like, the ticket booth? He's five. Who gave him a ticket? You know, and I'm like, oh, well, he didn't make a big deal. Well, I don't want to hear him throughout this movie. I, I would like to hear what's going on. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I'm not afraid to karate chop your kid in the throat just to get that crying. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Our last topic of the night is, um, this might be more so for me and Dom than you, Tia, but I had to bring this up. Jason says they are working overtime to get Happy Death Day 3 going, but nothing is official yet. That breaks my heart and excites me at the same time. Um, And I love how everyone's like, well, what else can they do? I'm like, you had six uh, Sharknado movies. Like, in in your (laughs) The whole concept was it's a shark coming out of a tornado. In every movie, they were shocked. Is that another shark out of a tornado? Years in a row. You start putting grenades in those tornadoes, man. Blowing them up or something. Um, but no, I, I'm looking forward to this. I know specifically me and Kanan are like the biggest fans of this franchise. Uh, it's so much fun. We turn our brains off and we just have a fun time. Um, I love the first... First movie I loved. Second one I tolerated. Uh, but I didn't hate it. It was just weird where they went. Uh, but, Dom, I'll go to you first. Um, is this something you're looking forward to, or are you kind of like, two is good? Cap it off. Um, so, weirdly enough, I haven't seen either one of them, first off. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. I, and I was trying to look for them. I was literally looking for them last weekend. I looked on every single streaming platform I have on my TV, and I was trying to find it. I found like a knockoff on uh, on Prime. There's one called Death Day, and I looked at the synopsis, and it seems like it's the same movie. They just made it like they try to make it darker. Uh, but I have, I do want to see him. I have wanted to see him. Um, but I do think that it, uh, the third one is warranted because in horror. Having trilogies, having a series is kind of part of it. And it, even if it's a movie that's kind of like, ah, it's not great, but I like to watch it. That's, you know, the horror genre has those and people love them because of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely think they should do a third one. Um, I know Blumhouse, they stay so busy. Mm. I don't know how they do it. I have a... Um, I just got an email for a screener for um, a new Blumhouse movie called You Should Have Left with uh, Kevin Bacon yeah, and Amanda Seyfried. Just saw the trailer. Yeah, uh-huh. and I'm like, how do these, when do they have time to shoot all these movies? Like, it's literally like five a year, it seems like. 
you know what I realized, Dom? They're the Drake of movie making. <laughs> Every five seconds. It's like, Drake, you dropped an album yesterday. How do you have a mixtape done already? You're recording all this shit. And the good um, thing about them is that you have the ones that are a little more like the comical side. This, you know, this, um, you should have left looks very serious. Invisible Man was very serious. So they have such a wide range. And they, and I know, I know part of the reason why they make them so fast is because when I um, was, did my little mini question interview with, uh, for Fantasy Island, when I got the pr production notes, they shot the movie in like 35 days. And they, their budget is very small. It's like 18 million or something like that, or something crazy small. And then they make it all back in the first day, essentially. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the method of them cranking them out in like a month or maybe two months, a month and a half, um, I think is what um, a lot of um, uh, companies are trying to do, especially if you can do them that quick and have a great product at the end. Um, there's no reason for you to take six months to shoot a movie unless you're doing uh, you know, Avengers type movie. Um, yeah, but that's so. what we said, Dom. That's why we said Blumhouse and A24 are the smartest yeah. out there. Because uh, yeah. low risk, high reward. Yeah. Excuse me, because they spend so little, spend so, so little time to make these, and they're popping out really good movies. So people are able to, um, you know, uh, kind of receive them a lot differently than major movies. Um, so they, and again, they don't make, well, I, Blumhouse does, but A24 doesn't make movies for box office right? for the artistry and for award season. Um, so they just approach it differently, but Blumhouse is more so like, we just make movies that we enjoy, man. And people happen to enjoy them also. So win-win. Um, but, uh, Tia, how do you feel about Happy Death Day 3? I wanted to comment really quick on Blumhouse. I think that they're a fantastic studio because I'm pointing out that they have more comical stuff, they have more serious stuff, but they also have things that aren't even really in the horror genre. I watched a movie maybe last summer called The Keeping Hours. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but it was starring Lee Pace and Carrie Coon. And it wasn't horror at all. It was just a really cool, like, uh, movie you know it was a very like indie film and i was very impressed knowing that blumhouse produces those type of movies too so blumhouse really just has things for everyone which is fantastic that being said i've never watched the happy death day series so i'm sorry about that but i know that you love it i know kanan loves it people are they enjoy it so much and they deserve a third one um I forgot if it was you or Dom who pointed it out. Uh, franchises and sequels and stuff are kind of the gig when it comes to these horror movies. I mean, they freaking made Jason in space. You know, if they could do that, and as you said, if they could make six Sharknados, why not give fans what they want and give them a third happy death day? It's fun. Like, this whole, oh, where are you going to go with it? It's a horror movie. You can go anywhere with it. Do whatever you want. Jason went to space, Freddy Krueger went to people, you know, went on vacation, practically. You, you could do anything. There's so much you can do. I mean, Final Destination had someone die by one rock 
going into a <laughs> and projecting out into something. <laughs> they can do that. We could have a happy. We could have a happy death day three. Which, by the way, I want to say this. I don't know what studio did uh, Final Destination, but they should a hundred percent take that to Jason. Take it to Jason. Let Jason make that in a way better franchise than it was the first time around. Uh, he would do a great job with that. For sure, I think they should have shared credit on it, uh, like a Sony Marvel deal, to where Blumhouse is your MCU. Um, and Jason Feige and more of like, yeah, no, we get credit because it's us, but they did all the work. So I think if you do it that way, it's perfect. I also think Blumhouse should be the the hub for all horror. <laughs> Just go through Jason. They should definitely, they should definitely be the ones that are helming the monster universe. If you're gonna come out with things like Frankenstein and werewolf and all of that, you want to make something that's legitimate. Give it to Blumhouse. They'll be able to do it really well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But all right, we've been podding long enough. Um, this was a great episode of Geek Vibes Live. I want to thank Dan and I want to thank AJ, along with T and Dom. Thank you guys for joining me for this all new episode. Um, this was a really informative, fun, and entertaining episode. So hopefully our fans enjoy it. But till next time, guys. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.